chasing your monsters and they've been driving you bonkers just lightning with rocket launchers of light to blow what they conscious if you really want to juxtapose and take a darker color with the blush of rose and then you put it in your ink and watch it go your mind is always open when your eyes are closed because you're blind to color and you're blind to greed blind to all the things that you don't need and you find a mind and then you plant a seed then you nourish it a little you're let it free it up breaking it down Sound. I live in the now, the sky's my home and I live in the clouds Now and never, bound forever, making a change and making it better It's December 2020, the final show of the year Today we've got one of the toughest racers to ever do it Weston Pike joins us here on the Whiskey Throttle Show from the Troy Designs as a saloon Thank you guys for showing up and watching Weston, welcome to the show, man. No, thank you. Glad to have you. Yeah, it's good to be on. It was a little squirrely getting it uh, coordinated at the last minute, but yeah. we got here and we're got getting it done. Yeah, that's my program, just all over the place. <laughs> all over the <laughs> map. <laughs> what you been up to, man? I've uh, just been busy, man. Kind of traveling a little bit, uh, finishing up our last few ride days for the year with Fly, and then um, just kind of been all over the place, building a house in Idaho, running my business in California and all that, so just trying to... Stay busy. And You've been busy, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. It's like every weekend. How's so. the business been with all the craziness going on? It's been good, uh, besides, you know, getting inventory. But yeah. as soon as we get stuff in stock, it's gone, you know. So we're just, we're literally selling stuff off the floor because people don't want to wait. So it's just go, go, go. All the time. Nice. So that's the same with bikes, right? You yeah. just can't get manufacturing just delayed? Uh, well, or is I it just I, they're I, selling more than they're used yeah, to? Yeah, it, it's a combination of there was a little disruption in, in production, which is, you know, if that happened four months ago, you feel the effect now, the way the tr trickle down yeah. goes. And then just the demand's gone up. I mean, it's it's been insane. I've never, n I never thought this would happen like this, but uh, expect the unexpected, right? Yeah. You were telling us people, are bikes are sold before they're even built. <laughs> well, we even did a thing where we'd say, you can put down a, a refundable deposit and get you in line and then call. And then they go, well, does that get me the bike? And we're like, well, you'll be in line and you'll be called as in line. Well, but, but I want the bike. So we had people coming in paying for full. And we're like, we don't even have a date when I'll be here because shipping's all over the place. They're like, call me when it gets you. <laughs> You're like, okay. <laughs> That's wild. The more 2020, it just keeps coming. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm your host, David Pingree, with me, GL, co-hosting. Donnie Bales, our producer. And um, I want to thank some of the sponsors we've got to make this show possible. Yamaha, starting with those guys. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't be here without them. Those guys have been so supportive of this program, and they make amazing products across the board. So, uh, if you are looking for something, you probably can't find it. <laughs> but uh, if you can buy a Yamaha, do it. I just don't know if you can find one. Uh, but those guys uh, make quality products across the board for everything, not just motorcycles, but uh, anything you guys need for a generator, side by side, four wheeler, street bike. Go check Yamaha out. Power Dot. Big thanks to those guys. 20% off those products using our code Whiskey Throttle, and uh, it's a phenomenal product. It, none of the stuff that we're going to push on here is bullshit, I promise you. If we are involved with them, it's quality product, and they work, and the Power Dot's amazing. A little app on your phone connects to a small little match size uh, electrode, and the effects that you get for injury rehabilitation, injury prevention, injury maintenance, incredible. Proven technology. Um, Method Race Wheels bringing you our front end chatter segment. Again, 20% off using our code Whiskey Throttle. And they make the fastest, lightest wheels in off road, period. They're cool, cool looking, and um, super reliable. Those things are proven out in the desert of Baja. Troy Lee Designs bringing you our TLD timeout. Those guys have uh, 
or 21, 21 stuff is out, although it's mostly sold out. So again, <laughs> good luck finding it, but uh, check out everything those guys have to offer. SKDA, uh, 20% off of our Whiskey Throttle Show graphics if you get out and pick some of those up. Uh, but just amazing stuff. Check them out on Instagram just to get a peek at what they're doing. Crazy looking cool stuff, high quality, uh, very, very professional organization. You will not be disappointed. Pro Circuit, big supporter of ours, and we love those guys. If you didn't listen to Mitch's show, damn, go back and listen. It was <laughs> quite um, quite a good story he spun for two shows, and uh, we could have gone probably two or three more. Uh, but anyway, talks a lot about the history of Pro Circuit and uh, just how much effort he puts into his products and proving them on the racetrack. Uh, can't, can't help but respect that guy. Dunlop Tires, kind of the leaders in our sport, uh, have been for a long time. And they're the one brand that has never backed out of our sport supporting it through good times and bad. They are at the races supporting amateurs, supporting pro racers, and, uh, and winning championships and making the best tires. So we are stoked to have them as part of this show. Nihilo Concepts, any purchase over there at Nihilo, uh, you get a free gift using our code Whiskey Throttle. so don't miss out on that. And they've got a ton of stuff out. I can't even get into all the things. The latest product that I think is really something a lot of people, especially if you're off-road, um, is their secondary on switch, the SOS device. It's just a secondary start button that mounts underneath in a safe place so that if your start device on your handlebar gets damaged or broken from hitting something, you've got a way to start your motorcycle. Uh, without I, w- I wonder it. if there would be a way, think about it, anti-theft device, if you just disabled the actual start button and just hit, ah. had a secret one. Did Look I at just, you. Look at the big brain on GL. You just greased that, dude. Oh. I didn't even think of that. I can't wait for my royalty check. Guy goes to steal it. He's looking for a <laughs> Kickstarter, a button, nothing. Got his buddy pushing it down the street. Well, yeah. Anyway, I'll, anti-theft. I'll You're welcome. We just <laughs> kept your bike from getting stolen. Um, check them out. Whiskey Throttle gets you a free gift. Just use that code at checkout. Uh, seat Concepts. Another amazing company. If you guys are looking for a seat, this is the place to go. Uh, custom designed foam for you. Uh, they will literally around your height, weight, riding style, places you ride. They've got waterproof foams and covers. Amazing, amazing company. Uh, check out Seat Concepts. Specialized bicycles, hands down the best bicycles in that business. Um, if you are pedaling or e-bike fan, downhill, cross country, doesn't matter. They have it. Actually, they may not have it. it you're, again, you're going to have a hard time finding a bike. <laughs> They were sold out for a while. They've been sold I, out been for a Because <laughs> I wanted to get a All new right. one. Well, it's also great for running your hyperactive German Shepherd around the block. Just oh, pedal yeah. on that thing and he just goes nonstop. He loves it. Lucas. When he gets his energy out. Yeah, yeah. I love it. E-bike special. Well, my when my they dad. get them, you should check them out. Yeah, my dad just bought a bicycle shop in Temecula. Which I one? Think, uh, the bike shop. Oh, really? Yeah. Your dad mm. bought that? Yeah. Sweet well, I think shit. they just got some inventory on uh, some e-bikes and all that. Sweet. Well, there you go. Oh, go to the local. bike shop yeah. off Temecula Parkway if you're down in that area. Uh, and they sell specialized, I believe. Yeah, specialized yeah. Uh, Cannondale. Rad. I mean, specialized for sure. That's all we care about. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares about it? No, I'm <laughs> uh, and finally, OGO. Uh, listen, these guys are the, again, just the leaders in, in making gear bags, helmet bags, backpacks, hydration packs, boot bags. You name it. Uh, this stuff is incredibly durable. It's very well thought out, very well built. And uh, they've got something for no matter what you do. Uh, OGO underscore motorsports. Check those guys out on Instagram. And look at all the stuff they've got going on. Uh, these people keep us going. So thank you so much to them for all their support through this year and last year. And thank you guys for visiting their pages, checking them out, buying these products because it keeps us going. So uh, we really appreciate that. Our method race was front end chatter. 
Again, the lightest, strongest, fastest wheels for your truck, van, sprinter, SUV, or UTV. And uh, this is a little bit of a bittersweet um, topic today because we've got some staffing changes coming up. Uh, you know, this crew built this show together, and uh, Donnie's going to be moving on to some other things next year. If you saw our Instagram post, you saw that. Uh, but GL's also going to be stepping away to do kind of a more of a part-time role. Hopefully, we can get you back for some live shows and different things. But yeah. Um, yeah, the, the shop just, is going to become a more of a full-time thing for you. Yeah, huh? you know, 2020 obviously things changed dramatically, and uh, with the dealership, we just it's this it's things are changing and moving almost on the daily. And um, you know that old saying, "There's no better time than the present." Take the bull by the horns, and mm -hmm. you know my dad's getting a little older. He's kind of wanting to phase out a little bit. My parents are building their dream home, and and I think it's a good time to to get involved, make some changes, maybe make some modernizing. My dad's a little old school, so. Um, and there's obviously a lot of potential there, and it's uh, a place I've invested a lot of money in, so I don't want to see it go sideways. So yeah. I want to protect my investment. Well, listen, you know, as we as we talked about when you first brought it up, I mean, that's your that's your bread and butter, that's your livelihood. This has been a, a passion project for all of us. Sure, it's definitely sure. not our first priority, and and uh, and we've said so before, we it's it. also tough at times just getting everyone scheduled. You have multiple yeah. jobs, Donnie has multiple jobs, I have multiple jobs, so to trying to get him, you, me, and everyone here <laughs> yeah. without any hiccups, make it happen. It it's, gets tough. It does get tough. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully we have you for live shows. You said you, you know, yeah. on, a, on a Friday night you're probably yeah, something open. like that, or even just maybe things are quiet. But uh, yeah, okay. I know, I know he'll take care of you guys. Well, it's a bummer. I mean, it is bittersweet. Um, and Donnie, you're moving on to kind of spend some more time at home, more time at Havasu, more side by side racing. Yeah, actually, same same with jail. We have a lot of work to do, and uh, you know, two other businesses does take its toll yeah and you know i'm 53 and i got a five-year-old so that doesn't make it easy either <laughs> late bloomer well, that's you your were. fault should have pulled out uh, i tried to i tried <laughs> to say no but she out. kept saying yeah she kept saying come on and couldn't I'm find like, reverse huh no it's so just grinding gears yeah <laughs> oh shit <laughs> so yeah that's that's enough too just the kids and the school and the business and yeah you know it just uh, takes a lot of time well, I get it. Um, you know, like I said, it, it's super bittersweet. I'm happy to see you guys, you know, making decisions that are better for you guys. I, of course, we yeah, never of course, it's back, bittersweet for us too. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, for sure. Like it's, you said, it's been a passion project, and to step back from something you've been involved in, I don't want to say like it feels like you didn't succeed or fulfill everything. But when this idea sort of came up about three years ago, I look back and I'm like, things have changed a lot in the last three years, at mm. least for me. So. Who knows? <laughs> Especially with 2020. It's changed everybody. And 2021, life. who knows? You know, maybe, may, maybe things mellow out again and we fucking get the band back together. Who knows? Yeah. But well, at least for 2021, I just know I couldn't put my full effort into it. And I just don't think it'd be fair to, to string people along. Well, you're gonna, we're going to keep your stool right here warmed up and ready. So anytime you want to come back. Uh, it's going to have that nice African smell to it, yeah, right? Yeah, just a little musk. It's, a little, it's pungent. We're going to leave it there. I'm not going to I may off. or may not have let one rip over the years or two, so it might have soaked into the fabric by now. God bless you, Vinyl. You really held up to some tough conditions. Um, all right. Well, like I said, you guys are just family members here for this, and, and uh, we'll always have a spot here for and you. And thank so. you, you know, for everything you've done and I know you've been the driving force behind this and um, like I said for me too it's kind of it's bittersweet but the one good thing is I feel like I'll listen to the show more now because I won't be yeah. I can't listen to stuff with nah. me on it, so at least I can drive and 
listen to you guys ramble on, so that'll be cool. Hey, listen, yeah. I've listened to it too much. Yeah, because yeah, you listen to it twice. Oh, yeah, I'm like, okay, I've had it with these guys. <laughs> I need somebody else to listen to. <laughs> Last guy I want to listen to is Binger GL. It's like, now the Nationals I have to turn off now, too, GL. Do you ever, do you ever wake up and... Because you hear our voices in your head, just wake up like a sweat and panic. I've sent emails like at five and six or midnight or six in the morning where I'm like, okay, I've got, I've got to stop doing this stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Well, I think that uh, we've covered some cool ground in two years. I'll say that. We had a lot of cool people come through. We've got another great guest with us today. Yeah. So I'm happy to finish out with Weston, actually. Yeah, yeah. I've been a, a super fan. Yeah? Oh, yeah. So be your last photo for your, uh, your yeah, spank Yeah, there you bank. go. It's like <laughs> a guy, you know, came up from... Privateer to that's yeah. the the, the, journey that's the American way. that's the yeah. American story right there for me. It is, yeah, yep. the biggest struggle ever, but it worked out. We don't care <laughs> if it was your struggle; we yeah. just enjoyed it. Yeah. We enjoyed <laughs> watching you strutting. No, yeah. yeah, I'm sure some people did. No, I miss it with you. Well, uh, let's get to that. WhiskeyThrottleShow.com. Go check out all of our uh, previous shows, podcasts. Um, there's other content on there. You can shop. Uh, thanks to Temecula T-shirt printers, full line of merchandise, a bunch of more stuff coming in January. Uh, so check those guys out. Weston, let's get to it, buddy. Let's do it. Where'd you grow up? You're a Riverside guy? Um, I kind of pretty much grew up over in Wildemar. So Elsinore, okay. Wildemar. Yeah. So you were always out in that, that area, huh? Yeah. Probably since 90. But you weren't like... Something like that. You weren't like one of these kids who started riding right away. Um, well, I, I actually rode like from two years old on. Oh, you so, did? Yeah, okay. so I always had the background of riding because <clears throat> my dad always raced. So it was more of a, just for fun, you know, we did like the local Elsinore series and Star West and Paris, but um, never really took it to that next level. It was all just for fun. Was was Louis when serious about the it? Elsinore series. It's yeah. funny. That Elsinore was, that was, was good back, back then. I know. Yeah. Yeah. When I first moved over here, that place was... We'd have like 500 riders yeah. on a day. And you, it was geez. crazy. I've like, seen 2,000 yeah. people at that place yeah. on a weekend. Of course, they claimed tank that, tops, and I was there, and I was like, tank, tank tops doing wheelies through the pits and everything. Yeah, but it was a special crowd, like yeah. super white trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's the value. Where did they go? Where, where did those people go? Are they? Havasu. <laughs> yeah, Arizona, Havasu. Yeah. Just pushed them out. They just quit riding? All, it was yeah. like a super bro crowd. It was, but that was also Krusty Demons of Dirt yeah, era, nice, LBZ, yeah. whatever, whatever, you know. I, I hate to admit it, but I actually really enjoyed that time. I used to that watch was fun. it. I loved it. A good. lot of flat bills and black socks. Yeah. Or really tall white ones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. With loafers. With a wife yeah. beater. Yeah. yeah. That's still, you go down Grand, there's plenty of that. <laughs> if you want to catch back up, just take a trip down there. Just True. Do, a, do a loop around the lake and it'll come it's back like, to It's you. like going through a time zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Downtown Elsinore is yeah. pretty ghetto. It is, yeah. There's it's hookers, pimps. What do you need? You yeah. can get it. Anything you want. Yeah. It's easy. Like, it's pretty wild. Having a rough night, just head down the lake. It'll get rougher. Get to Four Corners and you I had a guy try to run me over when I was cycling. Cycling once because mm. he thought I took up too much road. The guy literally tried to hit me off. The, I was furious, yeah. but he was twice my size, so I just flipped. You let off. him. You let him. Just let him go. <laughs> I let it marinate. I'm gonna take the high road. Yeah. You, 250 pound bastard. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I saw a cop that I flagged down, and he went after the guy. Is that right? Yeah. I said attempted murder, bro. Yeah. All right. So what did you do as a kid? You you guys rode, did the local thing. Did you play? You played football though, right? Mm, yeah. So I went through all through grade school and all that stuff normally. So I had never had a I even a thought that I'd be racing um, professionally, but yeah, I went through normal school, played football, high school. Um, oh, you we, played high school ball? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wrestled in in um, what seventh, eighth grade, and then went on to play football in ninth, and then uh, these skills <coughs> seem to come in handy later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. The wrestling. <laughs> yeah. but, what, um, what what position did you play in football? Uh, defensive. Okay. Yeah. 
like linebacker. Just linebacker, yeah. A little bit of offense, but shocker! Didn't see not, that one coming. Yeah. yeah was, Can you imagine him bearing down on you if you're holding the ball? Weston all padded up. It's, I watch football and I always think, yeah, I don't think I'm cut out for that. <laughs> <laughs> Either was I. It was it was fun, but I never had like a future, and it wasn't. I'm not like a team sport kind of person. But yeah, I feel you on that one. It's yeah. different, right? Like, yeah. You just got to take orders from people, and you're just like, yeah, it's not for me. The yeah. thing that always drove me you, nuts you, is... You figured that out early on. Yeah. yeah, so did I. I always felt like the thing that drove me nuts is I always felt like there were people on the team that didn't put in the effort that you did, mm. and that always got under my skin. Yeah. Or like, or, like, or like the game wasn't going as planned, and then guys just started giving up. Yeah. yeah. And coming from motocross, like I'm like, my dad was here. He would beat the shit out of you right yeah. now. Like, you yeah. get your head in the yeah. game. Yeah, that's the problem is you could have your best game ever, and if your teammates aren't, yeah, you could get spanked 50-0. Yeah, <laughs> I hate that. So how about wrestling? You were yeah. pretty pretty big in wrestling in junior high? Um, yeah, so I did two years of that, um, traveled with the travel wrestling and all that. So it was all right. That was another thing. I was just not into any type of like sports other than kind of racing and riding. But, um, but yeah, so I, I did regular school. I, I was in ninth grade, um, almost finished the full season of football, and then I got expelled for school. And then I... Um, for what? Uh, just fighting and doing a stupid <laughs> trap and yeah, we uh, all right. No, the final call was uh, we duct taped the the quarterback coach's kid to the bench in the locker room and left him there for three hours. Oh, he deserved it. And then uh, yeah, and then I got expelled for that and some other shit. But um, that was like the final straw. And then uh, at that point, I was still riding for fun because we did Glamis and the River and Ocotillo and yeah. stuff. But um, at that point. I got expelled, and then my dad came to me. He's like, well, what the fuck are you going to do now, dumbass? Like, you're going to work for me as a painter, or are, you, or are we going to go racing? So at that point, I was like, well, I ain't working for you ever. So then I was like, I guess we're going racing. So then in, was it, 05, we started started back up, and I just did, like, kind of the work series and SRAs, and then that wasn't working for me. So then we started doing, you know, a couple of local amateur stuff, and then it kind of just ended up jumping from there. And then what, what class were you doing at that point? Was, were you pretty um, big at that point already? I, I, yeah, I was still... When I first started, I was probably like 280. Yeah, because you were you yeah. were thicker. Yeah, I was a lot bigger then. And then um, just over the years, I kept you know once I started racing um, amateur nationals, I, I started shrinking down. I was like 230, 220. 280, you were at your biggest. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. So I was a big guy. That's a big yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. So huh. not not motocross material. <laughs> well, but well, it depends. It at, it at, at two thirty, your four fifty material probably. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I did. I I rode two fifties very minimal, and it was always four fifties. So that's just what worked better. Yeah. I remember asking you one time. Uh, you know, I saw you at Tom White's museum, and I asked you if you could bench press a bike, and you told me you could. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> now easier. Back then, not as. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, who would you grow up riding with in that era? Was there who who were kind of your buddies you were going racing with? Um. Man, I, th I feel like once I, like what, what age, like young age or? Well, kind of when you, well, throughout uh, all yeah. of it. I mean, I kind of raced up with um, like Mulford a little bit, um, Dean Wilson, um, Buck, and, or I don't even remember the names, but there's so many people. I mean, I grew up in that area and yeah. just kind of messed around with and rode and trained with. Um, but I mean, at this point, it's so hard to remember. You know, it's everything just turns into a big blur when you're racing. I remember yeah. you and Dostal were buddies too, right? Was that later? That's when no, you guys were kind of privateering um, it. No, I actually hired Dostal in 2010 to help me ride Supercross because I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so he helped me. He was my first trainer to help me train for Supercross because I was training with Al Gerke 
for years before that amateur and then uh so i took on dostal and he i remember of, i remember yeah. i would see you guys at the track working together yeah so he kind of like broke it down and you know kind of taught me the mm. basics of supercross because i sucked badly <laughs> just didn't well, come natural for you no, i was you like, just kind of bulldogging I was just a tractor going through the track and that's pretty much what it was and then it took me i mean dude it took me from 2010 to like 2013 14 to figure out how to actually properly ride a damn supercross track that's so, different huh? yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i feel like though you struck me as someone that supercross almost came a little more maybe naturally than than motocross or maybe other people struggle a little more with Supercross and you struggled less? Supercross did come naturally. I was just timing and yeah. being more te- the more technical track was the better I was. Like I even remember when I, when I moved over, like I didn't, I remember watching you and going, wow, like you're, you could see a new track and you would time stuff so good on the opening time you do it. Whereas mm-hmm. I'd flatland, case yeah. the shit out of it. Flatland, case the shit out of the next jump. You know, you're like, God, I couldn't get that. It took a while. Same thing. It took yeah. a few years to kind of really get that. I wish going. I had video of me back then <laughs> i'm glad i don't have video yeah, of me back yeah, then it was not pretty he took the tops off of some jumps i can imagine oh, dude, just i broke wheels <laughs> and freaking shocks and everything it was, it was fun times do you remember your uh, first uh pro race um was it was yeah, that it was uh, glenn hill, glenn hill. Yeah. yeah i remember that pretty well so so which year uh oh nine that's right oh nine glenn hill and you rode a 450 and you got yeah. like ninth or something yeah. right yeah, but I almost first first yeah. pro race. I almost didn't make it because I went. I think I qualified like 39th. Yeah, <laughs> so I had to go to LCQ, and I won the LCQ, but my exhaust fell off, and they docked me a position. So it was only when they took two. So I almost didn't make oh. that race because of that. And then I think it was me and Chad. <clears throat> Chad at the time was the one that was doing it, and him and my dad kind of were good together, and was like, "Bro, you can't pull this shit." Like, Chad, who? Um, from AMA. Oh, oh, I um, the bigger white dude. Yeah, I know you're I talking think about. It's Chad. It's got to be Chad. I'm brain fart. I know you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, but he was doing all the sound stuff back then, and uh, I was like, dude, I almost didn't make it. But uh, no, so you had the last like, gate pick on the last gate pick. Were you far way, left? Like, all the way left. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good spot, though. I used to pick it yeah. once in a while. If, I if did, my... but I still started in freaking thirtieth. Oh, you did. I just yeah. sucked at that. But back in the day, they'd let everybody do your parade lap, and then they'd bring them back down down that left side yeah. so it would get all compacted yeah. and you come out of the gate and i'd come out of the gate and get up on that and i pulled some hole shots from out there yeah i've seen quite a bit from outside you know you, everybody just hops over that line and just going yeah. down the fence line but yeah. um what what stands out well let's go back a little bit further who who are some of your childhood heroes like who did you look yeah. up to when you were younger i was more from a grass like from back in the day when I was a kid, you know, I just got to meet him a couple of times and, you know, he gave me a jersey and it was actually a funny story. I think my well, dad cool. told me, um, not you. What? I didn't even know who you were. No, no, no I said, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking shit. Um, no, so it was like my dad told me a story with McGrath. Is like, this was back in Paris and we went to his truck and was like, oh, can I get a jersey for my kid? And he ended up blowing his nose in the jersey and then Handed. gave it to my dad <laughs> like total shit move but i thought that was funny you know? so, um yeah so kind of like him you know that's kind of who i looked up to for the most part but like i said back in that time when i was riding i really wasn't even like watching it wasn't a dream wasn't of even, yours, i didn't even care it was just like yeah. let's go ride for fun you know i was going to glamis and ocotillo wearing cut off shorts and did you <laughs> metal militia stuff and you did know. you ever go to anaheim and and watch supercross rarely yeah oh, okay i did i only started watching it like once i started racing amateur stuff then i kind of was like oh i should probably start paying attention to like this. <laughs> yeah. seeing who was racing motorcycles here so. were you partying as a kid like 
Yeah. Were you into that? Yeah. Yeah, I was into partying and okay. being an idiot. You know, that was kind of my life was, I mean, I grew up in Elsinore, so that's kind of all there really was to do. Was, hey, you're lucky you weren't on meth. Yeah, no, I didn't take it that far. <laughs> but a lot of my friends from that era kind of went down the road and crossed paths with that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Probably a good thing I was uh, racing. I think it kept me out of definitely some trouble. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Hearing some of your stories, I was suspended from high school too. And uh, I probably would have got expelled except when I was, um, I'd come back from Europe and I'd won the final round of the British Schoolboy Championship. So I was on the front page of the local news, which the principal would get. <laughs> so I was going to put my jersey and have my helmet and all that. And my dad's like, maybe you should just keep your school uniform on because everywhere uniform, you know, get some brownie points. Next day at school, I get called up for a special award. I went from being suspended <laughs> to just, he's hugging me and so proud of his students. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Dad called good, it. Good brown nosing yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think racing uh, definitely kept it does. probably all of us out of some trouble. Yeah, hell yeah. I could so. see you being in some trouble. Donnie's, <laughs> Donnie's, Donnie's a, a closet sneaky. I could see him being a, a troublemaker. He was running with Mike Healy as a kid. Yeah, so, you so know, like, let's the, not, yeah. yeah, don't act all innocent over there. I can see you. The potential's there to get Bro, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> I bet. That's what they all say. Yeah. So when you met Jeremy, you know, like years later, I'm sure you've, met, you know, talked to him yeah. and hung out with him. Does he still kind of live up to the expectation you had? Um, I always think it's interesting yeah. when you, like I always looked up to Wardy. He was my guy. Mm. And when I met him, I was so starstruck. And he's even cooler than I thought he was. You know yeah. what I mean? No, I do. I mean, it's just, you know, I think I've, I've met him quite a few times now. And still, like, it's just... It's just kind of badass, you know, from that era and just kind of brought a whole nother level of, of riding to the sport of Supercross. And, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of don't ever forget that yeah. that side of what you kind of like who you watched and kind of looked up to as a as a racer. Well, Jeremy was like such a rock star, you yeah. know, he just was. from the way the fans and the way he did his TV stuff. It was, he was way more commercial yeah, knack, knack, and like nickname. Yeah. yeah, man. He was just, bigger just all about the money, grinding for that money. You know, that's obviously what everybody's trying to do. So yeah, but he backed it up with the results. Yeah, anytime yeah. you can do all the other yeah. flashy stuff and back it up with the results, you got the whole package. Yeah, you're even, you're even better than that. So. so when did you guys start hitting amateur nationals? Like at what point were you kind of like, all right, we're getting serious here? We're um, probably I want to call it like oh four oh five. About we started transitioning back in amateur nationals, but I only had a quick spurt. I did oh six oh seven oh eight. And then that was it. So I had three years of amateur nationals. We started off doing um, just the local ACP Vegas. Um, I think we did Whitney and Oak Hill at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was it. So I didn't go to Ponca, Loretta's and all that stuff. So I waited till 07 was my first year. I did um, Ponca, Loretta's, Gainesville. So the whole, the whole, the whole shebang. Yeah, the whole shebang. And, you know, it was kind of... Um, what, what is... What was it? The one you said? ACP? Arizona ACP. Cycle Park? Yeah. The one out in Arizona. Uh, it was like the Dodge National. Yeah, yeah, Dodge. yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, Dodge yeah. was uh, Sacktown. Well, I think it changed. It or used to be. It, it okay. was. They, yeah, it was. They, they, gave, away they, tr- they gave away a truck at that national every now and then, mm-hmm. the Dodge truck. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Who was yeah. the British kid? He stole that thing. You ever hear about that story? Oh, uh, um, Chatfield? Chatfield. Yeah. He signed up because it was like a novice class or something. It was some weird deal. And he wasn't a novice and he raced and won. But he was from the UK, so no one really knew who he was. Mm. I think they caught him. Shady. They make him give it back? Yeah, I think they give, they give it back. Plus, I, well, I remember it, all that trauma. It was left hand drive, so what's he going to do anyway? Yeah, what's he? Apparently, he couldn't dodge the drama. Yeah. yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> um, so, did you ever win at Loretta's? Yeah, so I won um, in 08. I won B, uh, 450B. B stock, 450B stock class, yeah. It was actually me and uh, 
uh, Malcolm Stewart battling it out. Oh, oh is that right? Yeah, because that's when he started jumping into the game again, and he was all two-stroke. So he was racing his 252-stroke, and I was 450. So we were going back and forth at it um, pretty much the whole entire weekend. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Did you have mud and the whole deal? Yeah, I think it was our first moto was just <sighs> a disaster. And he beat me that first moto. Um, but then the second two motos, I think I won those. And But, yeah, he kind of he was, he was good back then. And what were you riding? Yeah, he's, what were you riding? <clears throat> I was on Yamaha then. Were you getting help? Yeah. I had a support deal through Yamaha. <clears throat> Funny story, they actually clipped me after that year. I had um, After winning a title? Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I raced for them that whole year. Um, it was through Rock River, but through Yamaha. Which year was when that happened? Oh, wait. But it could have been, yeah, it was more like I was about a, to say, the next year. You don't year. think it was financial reasons? Because remember, at the end of 07 was when the shit at the fan. Yeah. And I mean, 08 sales tanked. Yeah. So I was still buying bikes. Though. I was still paying five, six grand for a bike. So it's not like it wasn't, it wasn't just like here, free parts and right. all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, so no, I, I'd raced for them, I think, for that whole year. And then um, at the end of that year, me and, I think it was Donnie Luce at the time, me and him kind of just didn't really mesh at all so i think it was more of a mutual thing to kind of just separate hmm. and then I, anyways because i wasn't going to do amateurs again anyways if i did amateurs it could have been potential through rock river still but since i didn't do that i just kind of went and bought two hondas for to go to nationals in 09 so i skipped the whole preseason of 09 of amateur nationals and just kind of got ready for um, nationals Helen, yeah. okay i could have swore i saw a picture of you at loretta's on a honda did you never race there on a honda um i did in 07 i believe okay yeah yeah it's like you coming past the finish line on a bike anyway yeah um all right so you kind of skip, skip the amateur stuff and went right to Glen helen mm -hmm. after that first race where you're like i got this i'm a top 10 guy right off the bat <clears throat> yeah no I like kinda, that's yeah. that's pretty rare that your first ever pro race first of all jumping into the 450 class yeah. isn't normal and then top yeah. 10 yeah no it was i was shocked you know I, I knew i knew because i was riding and training with everybody that was in california so i kind of could judge Gage, my speed yeah. off them i just wasn't like prepared for to do that whole season actually because i was just going to do a couple races here and there like i wasn't gonna do the full series because i i did a deal with um wonder warhawk at the time yeah and um so i kind of obviously finished that but it was actually funny that how it came up was moto concepts had just started too and um, um warthog was good friends with them and their agent it was allison at the time um she was an agent for both of those teams and uh i think it was I'm not who it was at Warthog. Um, what was that guy's name? The skinny, <laughs> tall dude. Um, oh, dark gosh, hair. Dang it. Dark hair, yeah. I'm trying to I, I can see him. I yeah. just can't think of his name. Yeah, so he connected me with that agent at the time and was like, uh, and I was thinking, they're just bullshitting me. And uh, they're like, oh, well, if you, uh, Daryl. Okay. It was. Um, so Daryl hit up her and was like, oh, he's, he's going to kill it. He's going to top 10. So um, she told me, she's like, oh, well, if you get top 10, I'll have you a bike next week. And I'm out of concept. So I'll sign you out there the full year. And I was just laughing like, there ain't no way. And then, um, so I got top 10 and I signed my contract with them. Oh, uh, so you spent week. the whole rest of the summer with yeah. the Moto Concepts? Yeah. So I, then I went Moto Concepts for the whole year and um, it was okay. I mean, it was, it was getting near the races. It paid a little bit, but that's when they were still kind of new and trying to figure everything out. And we had a lot of bike failures, motors mm. blowing up, flat tires. So it was kind of more like, it kind of screwed me a little bit for my first year because I had such bad results. Like I had the speed, but I couldn't finish motos right. because, you know, it was like literally every weekend, one moto, I had a break. Hold, so. hold on a second. I, I want to go back for one second. Did you race a mini bike at all? Or did you just start on a big bike at the amateur nationals? Just big bikes. So you never yeah. raced a mini bike basically at all? Not not no, an amateur local, nationals. Yeah, yeah, just local stuff only. Right. Wow. Okay. Sorry. So I just jumped just, straight to the. Yeah. I mean, that's just crazy. 
I was already, what, 15, 16 years old out yeah. of high school, so. But, um, <laughs> out of high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, forced out. It's forced, forced out of high out. school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah forced out. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, so, so then, um, yeah, just kind of from that point, you know, signed with them. And then after that happened, it was like, I was supposed to re-sign with them because Genova told me, he goes, I'll, I'll, I'll re-sign you. And then it ended up just not even working out. And then they signed, I think, Han and... Uh, they kept Han Freeze and somebody else on at that time, one of, one of the 2010. So. So, so you had to go, you obviously had a pretty decent setup on your bike, but you had to go to all their stuff. Yeah, my bike was good. Like my bike, we built a good bike. We had a good motor guy suspension. And then I actually raced my bike the next weekend because there wasn't enough time to like get dialed right. in. So I think we went to Texas and I raced my bike and no, it was Hangtown. So I raced Hangtown on my bike. And then when we went to Texas, then we switched over to all their stuff. So, All right. And those guys were, I mean, any team that starts out usually is pretty rough. It, you know, it takes some time to develop. I mean, that, that's a great team now. Yeah. But then it was a little bit squirrely, a little loose, a little bit of a loose yeah. program. Just because you're, you're, you're a new team and you're just trying to find sponsors and you're trying to figure out who's going to build the motors. And there's just so much stuff that goes into it. And you're, you're a new team, so you don't have the money. So you're looking for money and then you're doing deals with people that have cheap parts. And then yeah. that's, that relates into why you're yeah. breaking so much. So that was kind of what we were fighting was. Or even a sponsor. And, a sponsor yeah. part. Sometimes you get stuff from sponsors and they yeah. have a bad batch. Just yeah. like, oh gosh. Yeah, so but, we, yeah. we fought with that a lot. That whole year. Mm. I think new teams, a lot of it, what it is, is uh, there's a group of people with good intentions but it's that old saying you don't know what you don't know and only when you run a team you're like oh shit i didn't think about that or <laughs> yeah. oh that could happen or well how are we going to handle that i mean I, I remember things like we got to ship motors and and, and i'm like I, we don't have any motor crates yeah <laughs> and you're like can't go on amazon motor crates for dirt bikes i mean it's, nothing comes up so you you know you're like someone's going to make these like who makes you know just dumb things like that yeah. well it's like you said you you go to pro circuit or somebody it's a well-oiled well machine. Here, we, well, here, you can buy our stuff, but it's going to cost you this many thousands yeah. of dollars. Or Ricky's rocket cams over here will give you, you know, yeah. he'll pay you five grand you, to use his you'll stuff. You'll get a hundred cams that you don't need. <laughs> that will blow up yeah, all your yeah. bike every time. <laughs> so. yeah, that happens. I mean, you got to get to the races. Yeah. So that's the balance, balancing act. Yep. Did you ever get any fights when you were a kid on the track? Like or a younger um, amateur that stand out? No, I mean, I got into a lot of battles with people, but never... Never hit anybody at that point. You were a bit of a smasher, huh? Like from, I mean, kind of always. Yeah. Like when you're a bigger yeah. guy, you just use that to your advantage, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. You just lean into people and that's kind of how I raised The bump it. and run. But yeah. Like people would try to hit me, these amateur kids, and they're like 100 pounds dressed. And they try to take me out and just laugh. <laughs> just and just, bounce just off Just turn you. into them and they fall <laughs> over, you know, kind of. So. And I can't see Louie really like steering you away from that, you know? He'd be like, hell yeah, lean into him, you know? <laughs> oh, he'd get right in there like... <laughs> F that dude with his ass. Like, yeah. That's how my dad was. I mean, we, dude, me and my dad, we fought. You guys least, fought? Oh, yeah. All oh, time. really? Yeah. Like, we, we just would butt heads. Like, we butted heads all the way till probably my fourth or fifth year with JGR. And I finally was just like, bro, we're done. Like, this has to stop. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have a program. I hired people to handle this. Like, we're good. Like, step away a little bit. Just be a dad. Be a yeah. spectator. Watch. Show up. Do a little bit of talking. That's it's, about it. Shut it I down. think it's hard for dads, though. Like, oh, yeah. Because, yeah. because like, you're, just from seeing from the outside, your dad's always been hands-on mm. and involved. Yeah. I mean, I even think about, like, when you guys were coming into the store to mm. buy parts when, when he was a privateer, you know, and it was often you and your dad. And, yeah. Um, 
I think when you're around each other and you have a passion for something, it's easy to get on each other's mm-hmm. nerves. Mm-hmm. Believe me, I know. <laughs> I deal with my dad all the time. <laughs> yeah. No, it's tough. Yeah, because you're obviously he's the one that you know, he's the only reason why I'm exactly. here. You know, and made it this yeah. far. But and but he'll remind yeah. you that I'm sure. Huh? Oh, even to this day. Like, no well, yeah. Fun, how much so. money did he spend? I mean, he's invested into yeah. it as much as you are. You know. Yeah, but I mean, obviously now it's obviously racing, and I did well. It's like. He has one of my credit cards still and buys himself a $10,000 bicycle every year and goes to dinner and just does all that stuff. So I don't really care about it. I'm just like, here, dude, whatever. Yeah. Or he'll just text me, I'm using your card today. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> so, that's what it um, So, I think, I think the thing that people love about your story is, is how you came from that, though. You know, you, did, you weren't this amateur kid that was groomed from the time he was five. Not that there's anything wrong with that path, but you were like... It's the unconventional way yeah, of doing it. I kind of look at it a lot like Dowdy did it, you know, mm. or Henry. You know, they were just like on a shoestring budget, privateer in his... In his man, he was probably in his 20s before he even... Dowdy, Dowdy only started riding at 28? He started riding at... He started riding at 19. Oh. Yeah. He started riding... And he went at, pro at 28. And, yeah, and he started riding a dirt bike at 19. Yeah. And so it's just a very... Uh, Unlikely story to go from mm. privateer like you were to full factory guy and and be a steady top five guy like that doesn't really happen that often. Yeah, no, it was it was a lot of work, man. It wasn't easy, you know. I've, so you yeah. were, were you determined? I mean, like, what was your determination at the point? I'm gonna make it, or like, uh, what did you get in your head? I was more like afraid of letting my dad and my family down, like from him putting in so much money and effort that I always had that fear of like, I just don't want to let him down or let the family down. So that was like kind of my drive the whole time was just like be successful, make it work through whatever it has to be, you know, which I've struggled so much. I mean, like I said, you know, when it was um, after the economy took a shit and then we went racing, like I was borrowed money from people just to race in 2011 and back and forth. But that's just kind of the drive I had was like, I had a vision and I had a, you know, I had goals that I'd set and that's kind of where I just looked at. And I never, I never let down what I wasn't, what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. So that's kind of, that was more or less the path was just kind of, you know, my family put in so much work and effort into my program to get me started and it was just like well I'm going to do as much as I can and struggle all the way till either either make it or I don't or, or if I'm hurt or just there's nothing left on the table to do so yeah did you ever have like the did you ever have the mindset like hey if I keep going down this path that maybe I could get to that level and be a champion was that in the in your forefront or was that like a, you know a dream yeah. no so pretty much like um <clears throat> I actually met a guy in uh in 2010 or 11 um, in Texas. So he was part of Warthog Deal and all that stuff. And I think he worked with, uh, I can't remember his name anyways. But so I got with him. He was like kind of like a mental coach for me. So that actually helped a lot too was I got with him and just broke down. He broke down everything for me, like racing lap times, um, st- like statistics of what I did and how I was doing. And then he, he made me write down goals and kind of, he said, what's your five-year term? What's your five-year plan? Where do you want to be at this point of your racing? So that's kind of, that, that's, that also helped me structure. Sure. What year was that? Um, 2010. 2010. That's okay. when I started with him. So, and I, I, hired, I had him on board all until when I got hurt. So I've, I've, I worked with him you know, weekly. So that's super interesting to me because I, I feel like I wish that's something I would have done. Mm. There really wasn't any mental coaches back in the nineties. Like that just, it didn't exist, Yeah, but it's super common now. And I still feel like moto guys probably don't take advantage of that enough. And our game is yeah. so mental. Mm. No, it isn't. I, what I was think, he? I think I, I'd say the same thing. I, Cause people have asked me, have you ever thought of seeing a, I'm like, yeah, you know, I've thought about it, but 
it might be a little bit of ego inside of us to go, I don't mm. need someone to tell me, you know, that I can make it. I know, you know, like I think I always had a bit of that, I don't need someone to, you know, now look back, I'm like, ah, it probably would have helped me too. You well, know, just to have a plan and just bounce ideas or. I just feel like our sport is so confidence driven. You know, everybody's within just inches at the top and it's whoever believes in themselves more, right? Yeah. Well, or, you see it every year when a guy wins a few races and they go on. Like a few years ago, Jason Anderson did it in Supercross mm. and Cooper Webb and, you know, Tomac. You know, you've seen it when yeah. that confidence sets in, they go to the line and it's that feeling of, yep. I'm going to win tonight. Mm. Well, so my, my girls play soccer. and One of my good friends, his uh, girlfriend is a, is a coach. She was a world champion. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, that was my button. <laughs> he just uh. quieted me. Um, she was a world champion free skier. She's gotten, into, gotten her master's degree in sports psychology. And so she goes, I want to work with the girls. And I'm just like a couple simple things. You know, like their inner monologue. Like when they're before a game, like the things that they're saying to themselves. I'm going to give them a few things to like keep saying over and over. As simple as that, like just so that it starts to just after a while, it's like watching the fake news. So they'll say some bullshit so many times, eventually, like, oh, yeah, you start believing. Biden's not a lunatic, but <laughs> I, I didn't get into politics right there. But my point is, I feel like yeah. I could have used some of that. Yeah. Well, so, what yeah, was this person uh, like? What were the things that they would do that made such a difference? Yeah, so I mean, from the early stages of it, it was more of just like a lot of emails back and forth, like like who you are, like kind of almost just trying to figure out who you are as a person and like what makes you drive, and like what gets you going as yeah, yeah, a, yeah. as a person. So that's kind of what I worked on. So I kind of almost worked on myself first of where I wanted to be and kind of get my head straight. And then at that point, it was like then we started working on goals and and where I wanted to be and say, like I, I actually. I have an email still where it was like, oh, well, what do you want to be at in in five years? And at that point, I was it was five years till I signed with um, RCH for Outdoors, which was the first team I wanted to sign for was Factory Suzuki. So at that mm. time, that I, that ended up happening, obviously because someone got hurt, but still, I, that was my fifth year as my breakdown of what I wanted was be on a factory team. And so then at that point, I signed with, with them and then went on a JGR. So it's kind of, like I said, with what he did, was it, it was... It was uh, a bit of a trip when it actually kind of went... The way it was almost meant yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. Like I actually, he sent me the email, and he goes, "Hey, do look you remember at this. Do you remember yeah. this? Like, so it's just kind of cool to have to, you know, to see that and see that that actually works, you know. And and it also goes back to like, it was all just a structure and a plan of like what you do when you wake up, like consistency, you know, make mm -hmm. your bed, do this, do that. Discipline. Um, yeah, it's, it was it was a discipline because he was a he was um, a Navy SEAL. Yeah. So that's that's who taught me how to kind of deal with emotions and deal with racing in a way which is good and bad but um it was more just everything along the lines of <clears throat> what are you going to do at the track today how are you going to do it like consistency write it down send it to me and yeah. just kind of build from there lap times like i had to do a lot of stuff through that time period but that's what helped me you know get better was yeah. just kind of sticking to that guide and, and it's sure. even like that you know you see riders these days that are we're in the same position as i am and they've been in that same position for five ten years and they never excel because I go to the tracks and I'm just laughing. These guys are sitting out here just dicking around, not putting in the work. And then they wonder like, oh, poor me, I can't get any help. Well, it's like, because you suck and you don't put in the time and the effort. You know, mm -hmm. you don't you don't see through it to a bigger picture. You're just like, I just want to be racing Supercross and I don't really care what I do. I just want to be that guy that says I race Supercross and, yeah. and you know, cry wolf. When I you know, know what you, you mean. You so. need to be a mental coach. Just go tell them you suck and you're not putting in the work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I don't want nothing. Pay me a lot of money. So. No, I was kidding. Yeah, but that's that's <laughs> yeah. a that's an issue in our sport, man. Like mm -hmm. you're right, guys just want to be a part of the show, yeah. a part of the traveling circus, and mm -hmm. it's like, man, unless uh, you unless you have a goal and mm -hmm. and you're really working your ass off at it, 
man, get out. Go do something else now because you're just going to get yes. hurt. You're going to waste yeah. a bunch of money, waste your time. I've watched people that are just, it, it almost seems like they get settled into this is my zone. This mm -hmm. is where I, I belong. And it's like. I'm going to make the night show. Like, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't get a factory rod. I can't hire a coach. I'm like, yeah. hire a coach. Get off your ass and yeah. do something. Mm -hmm. Like, you're hanging out with guys that are succeeding. I, I, I get, I guess when I was young, I used to always look at, how is he, he's successful, what's he doing? Mm. Oh, and you often looked, you're like, they do a shit ton of work behind the scenes, yeah. you know? And then I always had that mentality. But you see some of the other guys, it's like, like you said, poor me, poor me. Mm. You're like, you don't need a coach. Like, you know what you need to do. Like, mm. go on a bike ride, run, go to the gym, do motos, have a strategy. Yeah. You're just too lazy. You want someone to babysit you and mm. tell you, bro, you look pretty good out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your lap times are consistent. Yeah, consistently slow. Yeah, It's just that too. And then people like in that position, they don't like being uncomfortable. You know what I mean? They just do sure. what's comfortable to them and they just keep keep doing that same thing. And they never go outside the box or want to change anything. You know, where with me, I was, I tried everything possible, you know, to get to that point. And that's kind of where you see a lot of people that don't, they don't succeed because they're just so stagnant with what they're doing. And they're not willing to go outside the box and try something that's, that's even if it's stupid, and doesn't make sense. Sometimes it works for that person. Sure. And then, you know, you, that's, that's why you watch it. I mean, there's like what, 20, 30 guys that, that do the same exact thing every year. Because I know all of them, I can call them all out because I laugh them every single weekend. And I'm like, why are you still doing this? Like, it's the same story, same program. Yeah. Like, get out of it. Like, don't take the chance of getting hurt. Like, just hang it up. I love, the, I love there's a saying, growth comes right outside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you're hanging out where you're just always comfortable, it doesn't matter what you were talking about. Yeah. You're never getting any better. You're never growing. You no, know what I mean? No. So, yeah, that, it's the same yeah. with moto. You it got is, it. Because yeah. I was always oh, for sure. with, it's, with racing, it's, so. It was almost like... Um, with Ricky's racing, he was always, he pushed that limit, knew how to handle it, but he got used to being a little uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you know, like being a little loose. And I think that was something that a lot of us struggled to do. I mean, you know, even like someone like Wyndham, it was like, you'd watch him go, dude, it looked like he could have picked up the pace. I was trying my damnedest. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, but he was all out of control. <laughs> yeah. If you just put a little more effort, he's like, but that's not me. Yeah. It's, it is. It's a, it's a trip. But that old saying too, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Exactly. You know, so it, it, try something. If it works, great. If not, at least you know. Yeah. So in 09, you had a ninth at Glen Helen. You went to Sacramento on, on uh, your bike again. Don't remember how that went. But then you got another top 10 at Freestone. Mm. But then... Looking at your results, it went. You went two years again without a top ten. Mm -hmm. So yeah. in those two years, what was going on, and what happened from even the rest of that year? Just well, you had bike mechanic, <clears throat> mechanical. Yeah, issues, I mean, so. I know that year I had a. I should have had a couple more top tens in there. Are you sure you got it right? Well, I, I'm just going <laughs> uh, off the vault. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. So, um, so like I said, that whole year kind of was just shit for me in a way. You know, like just breaks, breaks, breaks. I mean, I rode like crap my first year. I don't even just getting used to the tracks and getting used to that lifestyle. Um, was it hard because you? You kind of set this really high bar right away. I believe so. Yeah. So kind of frustrating. Yeah, it was frustrating because yeah. obviously that was my home track and I knew that that's, I knew what I could do there. So that, yeah. that kind of helped. And then obviously Hangtown being there and then Freestone, I've ridden there a couple of times. But once I went back east is where it kind of screwed me up because mm -hmm. I was like raised on hard packed. And then I got into the ruts and then the, you know, yeah. huge. Different world. Different yeah. world. And I'm just like sitting here like, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> I suck. <laughs> how, how was Southwick but, for you the first time you went? I blew up. I ran out of gas and then blew up. <laughs> Great. But I think then I was running. I was terrific. Running Zero weekend. points and a raw <laughs> asshole. <Yeah. laughs> Lovely dead yeah. at the beach. That place always, 
I hate that place. I think I've only top five there probably <laughs> twice in ten years. So is that right? Top five? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. No, maybe fourth or third. Uh, not third, probably fourth or fifth. But um, but yeah. So going into um that following year, 2010. Who were you riding for that year? Is we started Rock River. So oh, okay. um, because I was with Rock River as as the amateur. Mm-hmm. So then he came to me and was like, "Hey, I want to start a team." Blah blah blah, and um, so he ended up buying a semi and a truck, and it got delivered to my house where my dad lived. And so me and my dad <clears throat> actually started that team from the foundation part of it of getting the sponsorship together and then putting it together. I mean, we sat there and went through the whole semi, stocked it, had it wrapped, all that stuff. So we kind of created that. So I raced with them for that first year, but same thing, you know, first year at the team, you know, just trying to get parts and figure out what works and yeah. what doesn't work. So I think ten probably sucked. Was it looks like right? Because I don't well, remember that. Well, I'm not gonna say but, it uh, sucked. I've just no top tens in those in yeah. in uh, ten and eleven. Mm. So those years were kind of like. Yeah, I think at that point I was just then obviously I'm riding Supercross and just trying to figure out, like I said again, like what works, what doesn't, and just trying to figure out myself and and how to operate on a schedule that's racing every single weekend yeah. on a budget, not knowing what's next. So there was so much more focus on on how am I going to get to the races and how am I going to pay for the bike to be yeah. rebuilt and this and that because everything wasn't comped at that time. So um, it was more of just a lot of other stuff going on at the time, you know, struggling. Um, when I had my dad and 10 or 11, I think it was, like me and him were fighting a bunch. So it was like I'd fire him for the weekend and said, you're not going <laughs> to the races. So then I'd hire some random mechanic to come out. and <laughs> So it was just kind of like a really crazy of those two years, like 10 and 11. So And then I think 11, it was um, – it's hard to remember. I think I don't think I did two full years with um, Rock River. I think I did Supercross in '11, and then I went and bought either a Cowie or something like that, I believe, or something. So then I started doing my own thing, and I went back privateer for a couple of years, and then um, that was just better for me because I like to be able to have control over yeah. what I can do. Like even though like like I was the kind of guy where I got offered a bunch of satellite team deals, but I'm like. I look at their product and I'm like, I don't want to ride on your junk. Like that's who I was. At so. least when you do your own program, you can go. You know what? I think that's the best product or piece for mm-hmm. that part of the bike. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to get that. I want that. I want yeah. that. And you can piece together what mm-hmm. you want. Exactly. So that's kind of how it was better for me at that point because then at that point I was literally waiting on checks to show up from from AMA just to pay for my program. So it was like I said, it was, you know, bar and money. My dad didn't have much of that time. So I just preferred doing it myself. And then it, I think that also helped too and paid off. And then I, you know, kind of just jumping into that and just kind of picking races that I wanted. I always did the full Supercross series. And then um, 11, 12, 13, I just bounced to a few nationals because mm-hmm. it was too expensive. They don't pay for, for shit. So it's kind of like, what's the point if I can just show up and race a handful of them and still be, or, or, or still be relevant? And then hopefully something will come for next year. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nationals are tough when you're on your own dime, man. Mm. And they're tough on the bikes. Like mm. It's tough to have enough parts. Yeah. It's, it's radical. All the way around. It's not a private tour program at all to do the full series. So yeah. those couple of years were kind of struggles, but it seemed like 12, 2012 was a breakout season for you. You had multiple top tens, a seventh at New Orleans, which mm. was your best finish, particularly in Supercross at that point. Um, and it's it, you, that year you started on a Cowie and then switched to Yamaha and then on a Suzuki at the end of the year. So yep. you're hopping yeah. all over the place. Yeah, so that was the same. So we, I put a little program together in 12. I bought two Cowies. Or actually, um, my buddy Mike, he's the one. So he bought me one bike and then um, Watson gave me a RCH bike 
as a practice bike. So he gave me a bike to ride and then I had a race bike that I had. So, um, so that was better. You know, we're starting to get better parts. Then I got some stuff from Scott at Shoah, you know, he was helping me out a little bit, him and Dave Cruz. So I was getting some good suspension and getting motor parts. I think I was buying PC stuff at the time. Um, and then kind of that program. And then I got picked up from Bobby Hewitt, no, not Bobby Hewitt, um, Bobby Reagan, Reagan. on, um, when it was Valley and uh, star at the time. Oh yeah, Valley Chad, wasn't that Chad, Chad Lanza, yeah. Lanza? Chad Lanza, yeah. So then that's where I was, um, I was jumping back and forth between them because their guys were getting hurt. So I filled in for a couple Supercross races with them and then um, just kind of bounced back and forth. And then he, um, he told me I was supposed to finish the whole series with them on Supercross and then let me go. So this was like literally like a week in between Supercross. I think it was like I was in whatever was before um, Indy that weekend. He's like, hey, you're not on the team anymore. So luckily I left my bike on, on – um, uh, Ted Parks deal at the time because that's when Ted Parks took it over. So I had my Cowie still on his on his semi. <laughs> so I had to then all of a sudden scrap up money, borrowed money from somebody else. We, me and my dad, flew out, got parts, flew in early, got that bike back ready, and then I had to race the Cowie that weekend. And then for the rest of the Supercross season, and then uh, he calls me two weeks later and says, "Hey, someone got hurt again. Can you can you ride?" And I was just like, <laughs> "Fuck you!" I hung up the phone, and I'm like, "I'm not doing that." So then I finished out on on the Cowie. And then I was, I wasn't even planning on racing all a bunch of nationals that year. <clears throat> so then I went and bought Suzuki's. So I, and then I was like, cool, I'm just going to buy Suzuki's and try this program out. Uh -huh. And then, um, so it kind of took off from there. <clears throat> Same thing. Um, I raced a couple nationals in 13. Um, I was a lot faster than I think I got third place at a couple nationals, um, in a moto when our moto, not a yeah. overall, but fourth overall at Salt Lake national or yeah, uh, so, yeah, whatever that's it was. Called. Yeah. Yeah. That was but, at the, uh, what was Tula, it track? Tula? Tula? Yeah. Yeah. Tula, yeah. In Miller Motorsports. Miller Motorsports Park, yeah. yeah. In up Utah Motorsports Park, yeah. That was a that was an awesome track. And that <laughs> was the worst. That was Said like no one racing Elsinore. That was terrible track. It'd have been more so. fun if they'd have just raced the Supermoto track. Yeah, that the track Supermoto. Really bad it was so good yeah. with the two dirt sections there. <laughs> that place yeah. is awesome. Um, hey, they tried. Give them credit for yeah, that. Yeah, give them a sticker. Yeah, yeah Jack they tried. <laughs> What's it like firing your dad? I don't think I've ever heard of somebody firing their own father. And it happened probably multiple times. Um, Here's Pete. Dad, you're fired. Louie, I don't you're even fired. know. Because then I think I just moved out, I think. So it was hard to remember. But it was more like a lot of FUs and this and that. And I just bet. kind of... Um, it was, I think I know, it was probably imagine. hard for me to tell him, like, hey, like, we're done. But it was going to that point anyways. Just because we never got along and it was like, obviously yeah. he wants the best for me, but then he oversteps his boundaries sometimes at that point. And, Are you um, too similar? Is that your issue maybe? Yeah. 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 We're just bullheaded and, you know, it's kind of just. Can you imagine, and, uh, can you imagine how loud and potentially violent that fight is between <laughs> Weston and Louis? Yeah, but listen, yeah. Weston sounds so mellow and, yeah. and then when you well, see you on the track, you're, you're a different mm -hmm. person. Yeah, you gotta have different mentalities for that. Yeah, I think I think if <laughs> I, I mean if you piss me off, I'll lose my yeah. shit on you. Like in this position, I but, promise I won't yeah. do that. I guarantee yeah. it. I was gonna uh, say I think if I had to fire my dad, I'd probably wait till I was on vacation in like South Africa or something <laughs> right. and do it over the phone halfway around the world. Dad, hey, uh, how you doing? How's mom? You're fired, bye. <laughs> yeah. So how would he how would he how would he take it when you fire him? Would he be like f you? I'm out, or would he? Um, I mean, it was more of like, it wasn't even like a fire. It was just like, hey, like, I'm bringing somebody else to the track because I'm just tired of you. We don't get along. <clears throat> I actually taught my good friend that I grew up with 
how to work on my practice bikes. So he actually worked for me through parts of Supercross and Outdoors. So, uh, and like, he was an idiot. He didn't even know how to, like, he didn't even know how to work on a motorcycle or change a rear tire. So I was like, practicing well, that's comforting. During, yeah, I know. I was practicing <laughs> during the day, showing him how to work on a dirt bike. But I mean, at the time, like I was able to pay him a little bit more than he would, you know, wherever the hell he would work minimum sure. wage. But yeah. um, it worked out. But I mean, I've just gone through so many different stupid situations through racing. It's, it's you crazy. made it work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it's crazy that I'm even at this point. You know. Yeah. But um, no, it was it was good though. And so what that you were riding a Suzuki in 13. What was that? Just a privateer bike again? Yeah. So it was full privateer bike 13. Was um, that thing decent? Yeah. Yeah. Because I ended up. Um, I was still with, with show with Scott, like backdoor stuff. And then, um, if I'm even supposed to say that, it's past news, whatever. But, um, <laughs> um, so then, yeah, so I was doing that. And then, um, with Scott and Dave, uh, Dave Cruz, I met, um, Catfish Steve. He was building all of, um, the Suzuki race team bikes for Yoshimura for the road racing. Okay. So then he was building my bikes and he built just badass motors. So that's, that was good. So I got with him, had good suspension and was able to get a couple good parts. So I had two of the things that were the biggest, yeah. you know, gains that I could use. So then that's, I started doing a lot better in 13 and kind of put myself in that position. And then I had some help from, um, uh, motorsport Hillsboro up in Oregon from Scott and all that. And then, um, so then, you know, that year was okay. It was better. And then when I went into 14, um, were you making any money at that point no. or like just everything you were everything, making was yeah, going back was, into it? I barely paid rent. You know, I live in an apartment. It was just like week to week, you know, kind of. So you've been stuff. struggling for four years at that point. I mean, like yeah, yeah. check to check. Yeah. It's gnarly. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. That's one thing. I don't know how these guys do it. Uh, like for that, for that long, I'm like, how do you just live in your van and just want to deal with this bullshit I know, but, and you were having out. success, right? Like you, yeah. you got a fourth, you got it, you know, you're in the top five. But so you're going, okay, if I can do podiuming, this. Podiuming a, a moto, I mean, yeah. that, that's, that keeps you in the pretty, hunt. Yeah. pretty big deal. Yeah. You're lapping these same losers. The yeah. Same, the, yeah. The yeah. same twat waffles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So but. 14 seemed to be another level for you. Like what happened that year? Where'd you go? <clears throat> yeah. So then 14, um, I actually did a deal with Motorsport Hillsboro and Motorsport Outlet and then uh, fly in WPS. So I was able to get a, a show hauler. So I borrowed a show hauler from, uh, from Mike Yenrick and then I had it all wrapped, had an awning built, all that stuff. So then I had a program. We had money now. I had a mechanic. I, I flew crews out for suspension. And so at that point, now I had money to start racing. But it, was, it wasn't like I didn't even get, I really didn't get a paycheck. All I did was paid myself just money. That was a good looking yeah. truck too. That got a lot of attention, that show hauler you had. Yeah, we, we did a pretty good job on that. Yeah. Good wrap and built an awning. It had a lot of black on it, right? Black yeah. and yeah, I remember Yeah, black and red and silver. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, at that point, I, I kind of knew like, okay, cool. So now I have some funding and I can start focusing more on just racing and, and let all the BS kind of get away out of my head. So I don't have to worry about the struggle. And then obviously 14 was a lot better, better parts. Um, Suzuki was giving me some parts at that time and it just kind of built everything up. I was getting better results in Supercross. And then, um, when I was in New York for, uh, MetLife or whatever, um, I think it was, I don't remember his name on, uh, that was on RCH at the time came over to me. He goes, Hey, we need, we need to, we need you to ride for us for outdoors. And at that time I'm like, well, shit, I just started a whole team. Mm. And I, and were you planning on going racing? Yeah, I was going to do all outdoors. Yeah. Cause I had a full staff. I had a full-time driver, right. mechanic, suspension guy. So I, but at that point I'm like, I didn't want to do it, but I'm like, I can't turn that down. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it would have been a dumb move, but at that time it's just a business move. You know, you're like, Hey guys here, I'll take care of you for a couple months you'll get a job somewhere else, which everybody typically did from that point. And then, um, yeah. And then 
you know, jumping into RCH that year, that kind of, uh, then I was getting, I got a couple moto podiums and stuff and, you know, top fives, top tens and doing a lot better at that point. And then that kind of, that kind of jumped me off to be seen a little bit more, you know, like what I can do on a better bike. And then at that point, then I signed with uh, JGR at Unadilla. Oh, that for, year? Yeah, that same year for, uh, for uh, the following year. So I remember that, I, if I remember correctly, when you ended up going over to JGR, didn't you also lose some more weight? Yeah. It looked like you yeah, just there was, thinned out and There chiseled. was a year you just like dissolved. I think it was when yeah, you went was, to JGR, right? Yeah, I did. Because like, I looked and I'm like, that dude's putting it all, all mm. on the table. Like yeah. you look oh, just did, yeah. ripped and chiseled. Yeah, that was like my turning point of of just now, I obviously going with RCH, but I'm not going to be able to get crazy during that time. So then my whole off season I spent, my whole three, four months off season was just pure, just cutting weight, training, and just being the best person I could because that's all I had to focus on. I had everything in front of me. So I'm like, yeah. there's no excuses at this point. You've made it this far. Now you can finish and, and handicap and get better on what, you need to get better on and that's what i did so that that year i was probably 190 195 which what were you doing like were you just like super clean eating and yeah just meal prepping every day every meal um i was cycling 16 hours a week just pure just cycling 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 so and then i got down to that level and then i that was like the best i felt so i pretty much maintained that my whole career i kind of gained up a little bit on in 2017 but then i kind of bounced back down so it was just one of those things where i kind of had to figure out where you felt where, good. What I felt good at. Because obviously with when I cut all that weight for 15, I was really good. But I was kind of a little too light for my, my body style. So I was that week in, week out grind would catch up to me. So yeah. my like I would feel like shit Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And then I'd have to start my week from a Wednesday on. So I really kind of had to change a little bit of what I was doing at that point to kind of sustain that whole yeah. what 20 something rounds yeah. a year so mm-hmm. that's kind of where that's kind of where i kind of had to go through that and then i kind of hired some different trainers and just was trying to figure out what worked best for me and and all that because a lot of these trainers wanted just to be like oh you need to be in the gym you know doing this that i'm like no that doesn't work for me you know like this is i'm a kind of guy where it's just yeah. like i'm doing 95 percent cardio during racing you so. look at dumbbells and your muscles just go like this right? yeah <laughs> you <laughs> swell up yeah, yeah I, I was the same way i didn't spend a whole lot of time in the gym mm. i was always someone that needed the cardio side and the mm. You know, also to try and shed weight. Yeah. Weight was also my enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a tough one to. Did you say like was GL? What did you say when was? I raced? Oh, asshole. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Now it's just a permanent issue. Donnie, I do meal prep. Tony, bring in the heat. Breakfast burrito. <laughs> so 2015, another breakout season seemed like podiums in Santa Clara and Vegas, mm-hmm. um, and you'd been on the on the podium in motos, but never overall. Yeah. What was that feeling like? <clears throat> I don't even know. Was that on your goal list? Um, yeah. 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 Podiums win. Obviously, that didn't happen. But um, yeah, but even that year, man, I was I was on fire. Um, round one was good. I think I got eighth. Me and Barsha got into it, like always. And then went to Phoenix the next weekend. Um, was really confident. You know, I was just like, my head was in a good place. And I just was like in a position where I'm like, I don't care who you are what's your yeah. name or whatever i just said i don't i'm just gonna go past you and um <clears throat> so that that race i ended up what i was third for 19 laps i remember that yeah. race. and then i broke my foot two laps to go and then i still finished fourth but um so that kind of sucked on that part and then that put me out for a couple weeks so that kind of screwed me up and then i came back came back racing tore my mcl 
that same weekend I came back. Oh. So I was racing with that MCL tear um, and then kind of got better, 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 and then finished with um, two podiums. So on that, so that was a good, that was a good, yeah. you know, good year for me. You know, I, I was in a, the bike was awesome that year. You know, we had a really good setup and, mm -hmm. and everything was clicking for me. Did you, did you appreciate it when you're up on the podium at those times? Like I always tried to, every time I got on the podium, like, man, all right, just take it in. Cause like, you never know if this mm -hmm. is the last time you'll ever yeah. be here or not. Yeah. No, I mean, and I'm sure like McGrath and Ricky weren't thinking like that, but I always right. just was like, man, just enjoy this, like take it in, mm, you know, yeah. absorb it. Yeah, it was weird for me because like I really, I'm not like an emotional person when I achieve something. It's more like because when I was working with Bill as the mind coach, it was all just about emotions too of like don't ever get over uh, ahead of yourself, you know, kind of keep it always the same and that's kind of how I was so even my first podium I was stoked but I'm like and people are like oh man aren't you so stoked I'm like yeah this is good but this is what I've been working for yeah so you know at that point yeah it's I should have been I look back at it and I was like damn I should have been a little bit more happy with what I did um at the time being but that's just racing you know you just you're always looking for the next one because yeah. I always wanted to do better yeah I got the podium but I could have done better well, you want to you win know? yeah I mean you want to win yeah, yeah. I get it. it. That's a hard line to walk, right? Yeah. Like you want to tell guys, Hey, just take an extra second and like, mm. take, take it, it all in. in. Yeah. Cause you work your ass off to get there. Yeah. You know, like you need to appreciate those moments too. Mm -hmm. Not, not say, okay, I made it. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just appreciate it. Do you remember your first like pro podium? Well, I won. It was, it was the first, my first podium was a win. Oh really? In San Jose. Hmm. Yeah. I've, yeah. Hell yeah. Palmer, Sean Palmer jumped out of the stands and chugged my champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Grab my champagne. Awesome. Like, dude, I don't get this very often. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, I, I actually, it's funny. I remember um, it was Slovenia GP, and I remember when I stood on the podium, I was still like next to Coyote, and that I'm like, it was weird because I was like, I'm here. I arrived. <laughs> yeah, this is a three-time world champ. I'm standing next to this. Is cool. Yeah, good job, yeah, buddy. You're just cool so happy. Yeah. Congrats on the win. And then like a year <laughs> later. If you finish third, you're pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> you went really so uh, congratulatory. Yeah. Um, all right, so 2016, what about that year? You going to that healthy? Because it looked um, like the results-wise, looked like you started slow, but then you got it got way better at the end of the season. Yeah, I think I think it was 16 was when uh, I switched my program, actually. I was thinking about it. So I went from – I got rid of – my gym trainer at that time then i hired somebody else and then i switched it from lots of cycling cardio because like and this was a time when my dad was up my ass still too about stuff and he's like <clears throat> he's like oh you're not doing enough you need to do more you need to you need to be in the gym working out too and not cycling this and that so i had a lot of opinions at that time so i switched to going from my normal you know off season 15 16 hours a week on a bike to now i'm in the gym all the time just doing you know body exercises lifting a little bit of weights here and there so then i did my my vo2 i did like a test that year and then i did it again when i was just training in the gym and i was like five to ten numbers lower just by doing that so then once i had done that um i got rid of him that trainer at the time then i just went back so then mid-season supercross I, I literally went from one program deleted that and, and then that's, started back and that's hard program. to and just switch yeah, it's a nightmare because then i was then i gained more weight by doing that so then i was just trying to now reverse <sighs> what i knew what was right so then that whole year was kind of supercross sucked obviously it started off with with the battle with freeze and then all that shit you know oh that about. was that year that was 16 i believe that was 16 and tell, it, it yeah. only seems like it was like a year or two ago, doesn't it feel? Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. And what was that all about? Did You guys had run-ins before? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah multiple, years. right? Yeah. Yeah, it started, it started um, 
in 2013 at Wall he cleaned me out in practice, like cut the track off the track, punted me off the track. And that's, so that was the first incident. So I, I started hitting him then too. <laughs> and, and then I got, um, fined that weekend and almost suspended that weekend. And then, um, Gallagher just said, this is your one time relief of this. He goes, you're going to get fined, but not suspended. You can still race. So then that's kind of where it started. And I always battle with him all the way through those races because he'd always get a better start than me and I'd have to pass the guy. So it was always a, a He's shit, not yeah. a shitty rider. He, he's, no. he's a good rider. And he's a great starter. Yeah. So and he rides like a the, wide bike. He's the worst. Wide, he's yeah. like the worst guy to race because you always get, you're going to come up on him because yeah. he starts up front. Doesn't mm. it feel like there's always someone in your career that was that kind of guy? Yeah. I felt like, yeah. for me, a little bit, at times a little bit was Alessi. He'd yeah. get the whole shot and I'd have oh, to really? run him down, Let's run him see. down, yeah. and then we'd, something would happen. We got into it a few times. but Was it you that, when he took you out, it was you that he was standing on your bike? No, 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 he took out Tedesco. Oh, it was Tedesco. I was standing right in front of that, right at Glen Helen in that turn. That was, a, that was a weird yeah. day. Yeah. G.L. was racing that race. Yeah. I, Matt, I, Matt I, I watched it all happen. It happened right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, it, it almost seemed like slow motion. You know, one of those where you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. And then Walker spun around and helped. Yeah, oh, Walker yeah. turned around on the track yeah. and stuff. Uh -huh. So, so what about that? The Supercross race where that kind of whole thing went down. I mean, like he took. Donnie wants to hear about. Yeah, it. I want to hear Listen, if we don't if we don't ask about it, people are going to kill us. He's got a semi right now. He wants to yeah. get this up, over yeah. and done with. Yeah. So that um, it was that night that kind of fired it off because I was already getting into some stuff with him that year. Well, no, even off-season practice days and all that. Um, so the first, what was it? We were doing heat race and then semis then. So in the heat race, we're in qualifying position. I passed him over the triple and then went outside on a right-hand turn. And he just kept going, going, going. Ran at home out. plate. It was at home yeah, plate. Yeah, home plate. And yeah. I hit the hay bells, went over the bars. So out of that I race. That. I remember that. Yeah. So then we go into the, the semi. And I think I was second or third in the semi. And then... I, I knew someone was behind me, but like, I just kind of, I went high in the turn, but then he, then, then someone just comes underneath me and I'm like, I didn't even know who it was at the time. I, I was just so pissed off, but I had a feeling it was him. And, I, and then I just got up and just started wailing on him. Did you yeah. see when you got up, you said it was him. Yeah. And then like, I saw that it was him it. and that was it. I just went black and just started, <laughs> you know, swing. I didn't, and then people like talk shit like, Oh, you're hitting him in the head. I'm like, I don't give a shit where I was hitting him. I just wanted it was probably to just, him. You probably, It looked more about. like you were releasing frustration yeah, than was, anything. Yeah. I was just pissed and. Whatever. I mean, and you got a two-race suspension out of that, right? Two-race suspension. Yeah, uh, five grand and two-race suspension. Yeah. I took a picture that. of you with you with one of those races. I'm like, uh, I was going to ask you if you <laughs> pretended to punch me, but I didn't want to get punched. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I do. Uh, that's like the famous picture now with people. Yeah. Like, well, it was way so, back then. So, so yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Because it's, you know, people always say, oh, that's, we can't have fighting or this or that. But then Feld will use that in their mm -hmm. promotional reels over and over and over. I mean, yeah. that was like... Yeah, right? I mean, I encourage fighting. It should be just like hockey, you know, like... Hey, then you want to have so many know. bitches out there, either. Like, yeah, there's so many pussies. Because now day, everyone's you know? protected. Yeah. Well, and it's, guys would think long and hard before they come in and try to clean you out. Yeah. If, the, if they know this guy's There needs to be out. consequences yeah. for that kind of riding. If you're willing to do it, then you have to take the punishment. Yeah. Yeah, there, there has to be. But the problem is, is it's like... They just don't want that type of animosity where it's like... We're in a violent sport, like... Why are we such pussies, and why are we turning this into such a pussy sport? You know, I agree. Obviously, you have to because you know you have big corporations and and a lot of money on the line, and you can't. But do so that. does hockey. So does hockey. Exactly. Yeah. But hey. yeah, I don't know where that turning point was. Of why every time it's such there's a, a big yeah. brawl in football, it's shown over and over and over. Baseball and over on too. The they clear news. the benches, and they're yeah. all good with it. 
Yeah. So then, yeah. It's all that, frowned upon, but hey, let's see it again. Let's see it again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, so then that same bullshit with that, you know, it's played by Feld. And I'm the one that's suffering from it, but it's okay to air it 16 times a night during commercials, opening ceremonies and all that. But then... You should have got royalties. I should have, yes. Because then, obviously, that was the only incident that ever made it on, on ESPN TV as a motocross sport and all this. But then... Is that right? Gonna, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I went to... Part-time Feld. boxer takes up <laughs> <Yeah>. Supercross. <laughs> so, I went to Feld and I asked. I said, hey, can you pay my fine since you guys are, are blowing this out of the water every weekend? And they said, no. But I was like, whatever. It it's, wasn't in their budget. I, mean, I didn't care because the money went to Asterix, so it's not yeah. like it's going in their pockets, which I was fine with. But um, and I'm I'm even okay with the fine if you feel like you've got to do, say you do, do something. something. Yeah. But take yeah. suspending you, man. That is I that's that, bullshit. That, uh, yeah, that I was think. bullshit. Yeah, the two race. Like, dude, I wanted to find Gallagher where he lived <laughs> and whoop his ass, like for that call, with or but, without a helmet. I didn't care. <laughs> no. Whatever. Did he black think, flag think, you right no. then? Or was it um, at, you get up and finish and then... No, I, I didn't finish because my whole brake line was snapped no. off and the bike was trashed. So. Speaking of that, I think him his suspension for that and then uh, when they black flagged Reed. Mm. Yeah, that was those, ridiculous. Those are some of the dumbest things I've, I've yeah. seen. And, and the AMA, well, FIM as well, they've done some dumb things. and But they keep... Pushing the limits. So, so I don't want to like <laughs> blow this guy out of the water, but they're out of their comfort zone. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you got to give them that. They've gotten used to being uncomfortable. <laughs> Fr- Freezy does this a lot, where he, he he'll take people out or take you out, and then he acts so innocent, like he did. I'm just racing. I didn't even see him there. Yeah, that's his game. Is is pull that crap and then act like, oh, what, what happened? I didn't do that. Like it was the same thing, you know. After that, after that whole incident, you know, we're um, in the semi in AMA and, and he's just sitting there like just backpedaling like oh that wasn't a, that wasn't a, a bad move like it wasn't a takeout <laughs> I'm just like okay like you keep filling your head with bullshit and whatever but when um, you both fall it's a takeout yeah pretty much but um yeah so then actually back to the I was gonna say on that Feld AMA thing it was like the problem is is that it's two different organizations right so Feld runs the show. And they can they, they cool want, with it. They, yeah, they own the the rights. the rights to air air whatever they want. But then AMA and FIM is different. So they're the rule They're the ones that are yeah. finding me, but have no control of this. So it's like, so I get screwed, but you guys grow because of this, you know. So it's kind of, you know, catch twenty two on how that whole thing went down. Yeah, <sighs> I don't know, man. That that. Like I said, I, I'm really not okay with them taking away your ability to make mm-hmm. a living. Yeah. Well, the you other know. thing, too, is the problem I have is they look at it and they go, this is, this is why we're doing it. Yeah. And a lot of times I go, you guys know that there's a, f- that you know there's a whole history and a backstory to this. Like, you make it seem like, oh, this came out of nowhere. Like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you guys that dumb, blind, or do you just act that way? Did he get fined? Mm, I don't remember. Probably not. I don't even think he, I think he raced that night, too. Oh, he really? Race, yeah. He just got his like hundredth warning for the for his career so far. So hmm. that that corner that was like um, it was like a one eighty or not quite a one eighty, but it was a weird corner. And he came straight across the line at you. Yeah, it was a intentional. Yeah, it was like it wasn't like he was behind you or underneath you. He came straight across. I, I've seen you. things yeah. similar, but that was usually maybe last lap, last corner for mm-hmm. the win in the main. And right. As much as you say, yeah, you can't justify and say, well, you can only take someone out in certain instances, but. As a racer, I think we all can understand. If you get smashed in the last corner, no, yeah, it's, you're gonna you're gonna be heated at the moment. But when you go and calm down, you're like you're gonna look and go. I would have done the same thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think everyone would. But when you're in a semi and you're in a qualifying, qualifying position, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just 
Have you ever spoken to him? Mm, I don't even think I have. May, no, I've maybe done about five words to him. Yeah. Hey, then, yeah. I, I want to ask you, because I've been pulled into those sit-downs and been lectured. How was your, how was your feeling? Because I know that when I'm heated and I'm getting scolded about my behavior or something, mm. it doesn't set well. I know I won't mention names, but I've MF'd a few people back. Mm. Um, Steve Whitelock was one of them. Mm. I, I lost my shit, and uh, no. I called him every name under the sun. And I remember Larry Brooks, the team manager, and he, he's pulling me down because I'm <laughs> leaning over the counter, and he goes, you're not helping, GL. You're not helping. Just shut up. <laughs> and I'm like, but... How are you? Because I, I know in that moment when someone's like, you shouldn't be doing that, and that's not acceptable. Mm. I, I remember my head was just like, yeah, I had blood coming out of my ears. Yeah, I think when I was in the semi with Gallagher, I was pretty livid. Like, I was talking some shit about it and whatnot. And did you get into with him at all? Like, did you give him a piece of your mind? Yeah, multiple times. I figured. I did. I just want to know <laughs> yeah. when, when I'm in trouble, if other people do the same thing, now I feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah, I've called him out on Instagram a couple times, like, just stupid shit like that, you know, but... I, whatever. I, I like Gallagher as a person. Mm. Like, face value, he's always been nice, friendly, whatever. But as the role of what he did, mm. I think he's done quite a few pretty bad fuck-ups. Yeah. Has he ever raced a motorcycle? That's the other thing I always question with people making these decisions. Mm -hmm. Because when you talk to them, you explain your frustration, you can tell they don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, what do you mean? Don't let things build. Two wrongs don't make a right, GL. I'm like, okie dokie, you know what, two wrongs equals three rights mm. coming back at you, mm. you know, I don't know. Well, like I said, to me, fine them, right, and put, give that money to Asterisk or yeah. Alpine Stars now. That, 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 everybody wins, right, because you can still race. Yeah. You'd be okay with that. Alpine Stars get some yeah. money, so cool, and tax right maybe that's even tax deductible, yeah, yeah. I don't know how it goes. And it works, everybody's trading off that image, and they're all, tra even AMA's trading off that image mm. of what happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. think about it. I think Brian Deegan launching his bike over the finish line at the Coliseum really helped propel him, his image, this, you know, the Deegan bad boy guy. Like, let's just say he won and did a one-hander. I don't know if Deegan's sort of persona would have sort of taken off like it did, right? It's, 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 it kind of is it your DNA. It definitely helped. It definitely helped. If helps. you're someone like him who's just a feisty kind of guy and a bit of a scrap and people piss you off, well, to me, that's... If you're Vince Freeze or anyone else, you got to know what you're dealing with. Every every situation's different. Mm. There's some pussy you can slam every corner and know he's not going to do anything. Mm. And there's other people you respect. But to me, as a racer, I never try to hit someone if it wasn't necessary. Mm -hmm. I know they they were like, "That wasn't necessary." I'm like, "Oh, trust me, it was." <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. for the most part, you try and avoid that stuff. Mm. But everyone's different, and 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 I agree. I think your your idea is the best. Find someone, give them a slap on the hand. Yeah. Let the People know, like we told them, it's not okay. Yeah, we find Just him. To look we've, good. we've talked with him. You can it's say, a passionate this sport. Is a, this is a contact sport. Mm -hmm. Just Did the team say anything to you? or You could um, get technical. You never punched him. You only touched his helmet. Yeah. There was a bug splatter you were trying to get off, it oh, looked no, like. Right. I was trying to clean it for him. And that was JGR, yeah, that year? <clears throat> yeah, JGR. Yeah. And yeah. they weren't, um, were they upset, or how would they? No, I think when I came back in after it, um, Antonez flipped out on me. Batman? Yeah, he's like, I told you not to do that, told you not to, like, get into his program and all that, and I'm like, I, there was no choice, you know, and then um, J-Bone was a little pissed off about it, and then uh, I think Koi was there, too, but Koi didn't, I mean, he was, you could tell Koi was mad, but he was just like, 
I probably would have done the same thing. I was going to say, Koi, so. Koi kind of stri strikes me as someone that I think probably would look at that and go, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah he was. That sounded about yeah. right. He yeah. was fine with it. It was just the fact that I got a two-ray suspension. Yeah, you know, that's. And, was, and I'm sure yeah. with them being part of the JGR organization, mm. you know, they deal with their NASCAR drivers getting in fistfights, and yeah. they have to do that. It's not okay. Mm -hmm. I'll resign you for a lot more money next year. Did uh, Did you use their trainer? Or was that program kind of done? Like early on, JGR um, was having you. You had to use their trainer and do their program. Yeah, no, it was either. Um, it was either you live in North Carolina and train here. We'll pay for it and, and all that stuff. Or you can live in California and be on your own. Hmm. So, but I just I chose that to be in California for the first couple of years because I didn't want I didn't want to go to North Carolina because I didn't have a house and I wasn't gonna because when I went back there I just stayed with the mechanic at the time hmm. and it was kind of just a, I wasn't in the position to buy another house hmm. so I just. Um, I just traveled back and forth, you know, for, for the, if we went, we went East coast, I'd go stay back there, stay with my mechanic and just kind of make it work at that point. But, um, yeah, that whole make you train here, this trainer is, that was, they, that was in the early days. That was when yeah. like Hanson was over there. I remember he yeah. said he hated it. I think they did that because of Hanson. <laughs> so, mm. but, um, the other thing too is, you know, that I haven't spent a whole lot of time, so I don't know the weather, but. North Carolina. I mean, January, February, you could you could have snow and yeah. and yeah. freezing temperatures and. Uh. Yeah, I mean, when I was back there, it was when we were training in uh, like November, December. Like the track was covered in frost, so we had to like go out there, prep the track for two hours, just to break it up. So it's mm -hmm. like that whole time of the year just sucked being there. But obviously, once once the weather got better, the the track out there was pretty badass. The dirt's good. And, uh, the yeah. dirt looked rad, but that outdoor track, man, you're flying through the trees. I'm like, if you oh, ever yeah. got jiggy, I hit a tree. Once, you did? Yeah. Like I'm talking. Did, just, did the tree apologize? No. Oh. Unfortunately. No. Nah, I mean, you could jack yeah. yourself up. Yeah, trees don't move. Was, yeah, there's not a lot of much air <laughs> on that track because you're 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 coming around a turn, jumping around. If you were to cross right, you're going to go straight into. Also, a tree. looks yes. like a lot of blind turns, huh? Yeah, like meaning Lots. can't see the yeah. exits. Yeah, but it was that was the most miserable place to train because we trained there in the summertime, and with all those trees, oh. there was no wind, so it's like it's the heavy muggy. Air, huh? We had a lake at the bottom, so it was even more muggy. Uh, yeah. So it was like it was perfect training. But I'm talking like I could do a whole national and be fine, but. I can only do 10 minutes at a time at that track because it was so hot. Like, you couldn't even breathe. It was like you're just suffocating uh, because it was so so humid there. But um, it was good, though. I mean, I enjoyed that. It reminds that me of place. Florida days. Yeah. <sighs> there were some brutal summer motos out there. I hate that humidity, man. <laughs> Don't miss it at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm becoming like Donnie, a bit of a tropical fish. If the temperature <laughs> changes out of my comfort zone, I'm like at 70s, 80s. When it gets low or high, I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> Yeah, upside Tips down, up, yeah. floating. <laughs> I just go right back in the motorhome and <laughs> turn the AC on. Turn the, the AC on, yeah, watch yeah, some TV. Yeah. That's it. Do you have a fireplace in your motorhome? No, I was thinking about getting one of those. Uh, Amish you make those fireplaces. Think about that. <laughs> I'm actually disappointed you don't have one. Yeah, I know. All right, yeah, what I about can, uh, get you like a cool little portable one? Oh yeah, I want one of those. Hit me up. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do. They just plug it in. It's, it's no, I love. That's what I want. One yeah. of those things. Here and everything. Actually, it was funny. As I, I was going to hit your dad up because I, I need the outside of my house repainted. And your dad's like, let me know when you're ready. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Your dad's still doing that? Yeah, he still owns that. Shit. Yeah. All right. So, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, he's actually going to retire um, probably this year or next year. And then my brother's going to retire. Well, if it's this year, there's only a few so. days left to get that. So I, know, I keep forgetting, yeah. So, no, he's not going to retire because my brother's still learning all the all the backside of the business. So, gotcha. he'll, he'll probably he'll disappear maybe halfway through next year and just do the bike shop stuff and then start traveling a little bit. He got also, it was funny because... 
seeing your dad come to the shop enough, mm. I remember when he got into it, I looked yeah. at him one day, I'm like, Louie, you've lost a shitload of weight. Yeah. And he's like, I just pedal all the time. So oh, I know he's like he does. He got into yeah. it pretty hard, huh? Yeah. He so that's cool that he even got a bike shop now because I'm sure that's part of his passion, it right? It is, yeah. Like, I call him a fag all the time because it's like, you go to his house and it's like a race shop. Like, <laughs> there's like 10 specialized in the garage and I'm just like, why do you need another bike? Like, what is going on? I'll here, tell you why. Like, with your life. Because he bought it on someone else's credit card. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> So yeah, of course yeah. he needs 10. <laughs> Give me your card. I'll have yeah. 10 new bikes yeah. in my garage. Yeah. So, no, he's a... Uh, He's did he? I mean, he pedals every day. What does yeah. he ride? Road or mountain or both? Or? Both. He races road bikes and mountain bikes. So into it. Just yeah, I just remember he came that. in and I was like, you know, when you see somebody like, oh, they're losing weight, and you see him again, and you're like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, I just pedal, man, a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I saw him. What? I was over there a couple of weeks ago, and he and I saw him like, dude, you're fucking skinny. Yeah, like, his arms are all sucked up. He's like a little, he's like a little girl now. I'm like, dude, you got to do some curls or something, dude. Like, send, him to, send, him, send him into the gym. They're yeah. calling your dad yeah. a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him, hey, dad, you know that credit card you keep abusing? Get yourself a gym membership on it while you're at it. <laughs> that yeah. is great. Uh, 2018 was your final full time season. What do you remember from that year? Um, or the highlights? Man, just. Probably one of my better years, like consistent-wise. I think I, I think I didn't even miss one. I don't think I missed maybe one race that whole year. So for me, it was um, another year. First, where we went on to um, the first gen of the new 450 on Suzuki. So <clears throat> I got a lot of say in on developing that. Not developing that by no means. Um, like the parts we had available. So we just kind of did a lot of testing and had a lot of off-season time and kind of built a really good bike that I that I loved for that year. So um, and also I. I kind of went back to my 15 off season. Like I really dedicated the time into that because I was hurt in 17. I got hurt in Supercross. So um, 18, I kind of had a better off season of going into that point. So then I was kind of back on my level of where my confidence was at. Mm -hmm. So then it just kind of everything was clicking. You know, better better results and everything. I didn't get another podium, but um, I was pretty close a couple times. And well, another thing I think too, when you look at some of those years, and I'm not trying to discredit, you know, some of the earlier podiums, mm. but when you looked. In that period where you were, it seemed like f for whatever reason, almost nobody retired mm. and every 250 champ moved up every year. There was, and it just yeah. seemed like there was, everyone was filling in a factory ride and all of a sudden you went from getting a sixth place was like mm, outside top five because there were five solid guys where a couple of years later, it was, even yeah, if you were at the same speed, 12, you were yeah. 11th or 12th. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So getting back into the top 10, you really had to elevate your game again, you yeah. know, progress. Well, I feel like I feel like 15 was that year 450s. There was only like seven, eight guys that were pretty fast. Like I think that year, like the podiums were pretty consistent that year um, with who was in there and who was out. But yeah, I felt like 18 there was way more faster guys. Like consistent, everybody was there. I think there was. You look at the roster and you're like, shit, there's 15 guys that have won. Well, you, you also know, had you had the Husqvarna team, which was, yeah. you know, solid and good riders. Mm. That's when Ando was strong. And so you, you not only had, you know, you went from four factory teams to five factory teams to six. Yeah. So many champs, so, Pals champs, 250 champs. Uh, and then, like I said, in that era, I think Wyndham, well, he was even before that. but like, yeah, I think he was Wind, my last year. Wyndham retired, but go look at top guys that that walked away um in those years that you know you were mm. progressing and then as opposed to you know well maybe Stu would have been one but there was like maybe one or two guys that dropped out but if you go look there was like eight or nine 250 champs that moved up yeah. so 
you kind of saw the pendulum move a little bit. Because mm. I, I still remember like in the early 2000s, I remember the one year, even on the KTM, when I had some injuries, I did a 450 Outdoor National. I remember having hand issue in that and riding like shit and still circulating in slow motion in fifth. And it was like, there was no one. Mm. It was like RC was gone. And then I think it was like, it was Red Dog and maybe... I'm trying to remember for those years, but you know what I mean? It was thinner. It, it was thin. Mm. You could ride like a complete wanker and get fifth. Mm. It seemed, I mean, no disrespect to anyone, but for me, it felt like that way. Now you ride like a wanker. You're not going to, you might get a point. Yeah. You're, you're barely 20th. 20th. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Was that a good analogy? Yeah, I always was, say wanker. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so a solid season all the way around though, that year. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a lot of good races and, the biggest thing for me was the consistency. You know, that was yeah. like my first year. I, I finished every Supercross round inside the top 15, top 10. Like, it was all consistent. And, and then outdoors as well, it was consistent. And then I, I think I missed the last round because then I screwed up my hand again. I had to have surgery early for that. So I missed the last the last round of outdoors that year. Last but um, that was just like my, like I said, my standout year where I kind of got back to how I felt in 2015 when I first signed. So <clears throat> I had a lot of motivation again to kind of, get back out there to kind of get to where I used to be. Were you re-signed with JGR again for the next year already at that point? Um, what's your 15 or 18? 18. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, 18, I signed a two-year deal. So okay. I, I was, you uh, had another year on it. Yeah, I was 18, 19 on that. I was looking, you, I heard you say you hurt, hurt your hand. Do you have yeah. a, like, tr trigger finger or, like, carpal tunnel type stuff? Yeah, I was just so looking at your, your hand. Yeah, I had so. the same thing on the same hand. I'd have what they call trigger finger mm. re relief surgery. They, they just put a needle in there, don't they? And no, they do a little incision, and they you have like the little it's channels, the fascia, and they try right? to open yeah. it. Yeah, because I was having that locking finger. Mm -hmm. No, I, <laughs> I, I remember uh, I spoke to the doctor, sorry, real yeah. quick, and he goes, what do you do? Do you, do you operate a jackhammer? I'm like, no, I ride a KTM 250, <laughs> but it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> that was like 04. Yeah. The guy yeah. thought I operated a jackhammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, nice. KTM. You've come a long way. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I, I struggled because I did this um, in 2017 Supercross. I, I slid out, or no, I spun off the face, cartwheeled, um, tore my perlinate out, um, jacked up my whole wrist, and then uh, I came Hold your back. hand up for the camera if you don't mind, just so people know kind of what we're talking about. It's yeah. just a bad, it doesn't straighten out. So just, you, you can close it, but it's like all my, my return pulley is gone. Yeah. So it, I came back too soon and started like tearing my tenants out of that, out of that finger. So then... At the end of that year, I had to get another surgery where they went in and um, cut out, cut the tendon out because they either fix it, and but they're like it's going to take six months to heal and it's not even guaranteed to what you do. So then my decision was just cut it back open because the tendon was stuck in my um, in my carpal, so I was my hand would go numb. Uh. So they just cut it back open and then relieve the tendon and it just kind of shrinks back into your arm. So that's why that has now been bent because there's no other tendon. Does it, to, does it hurt to straighten it if you use your finger or it doesn't? No, it doesn't. Oh, it shit. doesn't straighten. So. Wow. So that was kind of, so that, that's kind of like even in 18, like that was a struggle, like just with that problem. Did you lose strength in? Yeah, I have, I have, I lost strength in, in pinky finger and, and ring finger on that. Mm -hmm. So just Do you still get numbness when you ride? Yeah. Cause now I suck yeah. and I ride twice a month. <laughs> so I, I just do like my do program. Do we have a lot in common right now? <laughs> yeah. My program is I go to the track and just hang out and I do two laps at a time. You're, 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 five, you're like me. You're five. a show pony. Yeah. But show if I up. drink whiskey the night before. Then I can do probably twenty laps. I don't know why. Huh. So whiskey is the solution. I, yeah, for me it is at least. Gives you a little whiskey throttle. Yeah. All right. Hey, we're gonna take a fast break here. We're gonna be right back to finish up with Weston Pike. Stay tuned. 
I want to introduce you guys to PowerDot, a wireless muscle stim unit that is controlled by an app on your phone. It's incredibly simple. This is something I've used for a little over a year now to help with arm pump and nagging injuries, and I've had amazing results with it. They recently worked with Adam Cianciarillo to help rehab his knee after surgery. He had an ACL replaced, and after talking to him, it's something he swears by. He's adamant that this is the one thing that got him back on the bike quicker and got him healthy. So if you have any muscle pain, any nagging injuries, or you want to recover the best way possible, head over to powerdot.com forward slash whiskey throttle for a chance to win a free unit or get 20% off your next purchase. That's powerdot.com forward slash whiskey throttle for 20% off and a chance to win. You can thank me later. see the sunrise i wake up in the morning feeling so nice i burn a couple bowls of the all right i look out to the world and it's all mine yeah it's all mine i see palm trees and joints kids my palm trees like ointment my wee breath is fresh cause i keep my appointments now i can finally see like i smoke some dmt what you think we should sound like what you think we do at night cause we the best of this shit we made a mess of this shit we wrecked the rest of all the west with the recklessness if you's a bitch, you might get snatched up like some necklaces This where the rest of us live You, you, you say You say we feel like a West Coast I say we sound like a pastor You say we feel like a West Coast Welcome back, that was the Troy Designs timeout And uh, if you haven't seen their new Gas Gas uh, gear that Justin Barsh has been wearing Pretty sick stuff. Check out TLD's uh, website, all the new 2021 20, stuff, if you can find it. It is a, pretty tough to get. We actually have most most of it in stock. We ordered pretty heavy, so... Well, there you go. I'm glad to say that we actually do have Length a really good... Yeah, at least with the gear stuff, we saw 2021 maybe being, you know, the new lines being a bit of a challenge. So we got our orders in early. We went heavier than normal. And so, yeah, we have a pretty good stock, off. at least of all yeah. that stuff. You know, all the parts... Commons and accessories. All right. Well, if you're local, Langston Motorsports has it. Check it out. Shameless plug. Yeah. Uh, and before we get back into Weston's story They'll here, ship it, too. Yes, we will. Can you order it online on your website? You know what the problem is? With dot coms are really good for that. So I tell people, if you can't find what you're looking for online because we're not a dot com call, we have people that can literally just pack it, ship it, run yeah. your credit card, and you're good. There you go. So, yeah, we can to answer your question. Um, hey, I wanted to just give a quick shout out to our pal Brock Sellards. Um, found out his father passed away, and uh, I know he's struggling. So we just just want to send some love to that family. Uh, Kenny was a stud, and uh, it's the sweetest yeah, family. Um, so and they were close. Yeah, we love you, Brock. We miss yeah, you, buddy. Yeah, we do, bud. All right, uh, Weston. Getting back into your story here, it kind of brings us right up to the Paris Supercross in 2018, mm-hmm. um, and in your crash and injury. So. Probably, you know, I'm sure you've told this story a million times, but mm-hmm. take us through kind of what happened in that race. Uh, I watched the video again the other day, just kind of prepping for this, and yeah, it's um, ugly. Yeah, I mean, it was, it kind of started off, I wasn't even supposed to be in France, because um, that, we're supposed to be in Japan racing a week before that. Um, it was some, one of the promoters that was doing it back in the day when, when they were racing in Japan, I don't remember if you ever did that. Osaka or Fukuoka? Mm. Do you remember? No, I don't. Oh, okay. it, was, it was about an hour out of um, Tokyo or something like that and mm. <clears throat> whatnot. But um, so I was supposed to do that race. That promoter kept dicking us around, and it got 
it just disappeared. And then, um, so then at that point I didn't want to do anything overseas just cause I, it was like, it was my good year and I kind of wanted just to still keep focusing on that and have a good off season and not get held up by going overseas and doing races that I don't want to do. <clears throat> so then, um, Pernoid, um, Eric called me on a Tuesday and I was just out road biking and he's like, Hey, someone dropped out. I think it was Muskin dropped out. And then uh, he's like, do you want to come race? And I'm like, well, when he's like, Oh, you got to fly out tomorrow. And I'm like, well, I don't have shit ready. The team's in North Carolina. So it ended up having super quick where we did a deal with me and, and Hildig over there. So we just, um, uh, Travis souls are my mechanic at the time. We just, oh, yeah. he, got all the parts ready together. We just, all we did was shipped. All we did was brought suspension and just hard parts, no motor. So, so it's kind of, everything was super like crazy last minute. And it was like, kind of like one of those things where you're just like, you don't want to do it, but it's, it's such good money to go over there and race. It's yeah. like, you can't, they always, they always paid good. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so it kind of was a, a rush job more or less, but that didn't really happen because of the injury, but it was, everything was just always rushed, you know, get there, mm. get there late with the bikes together, show up and race. But, um, but I mean, at that point, um, everything was good. I mean, my speed was good. I think I got second or third the first moto that night, and then uh, oh, so it was a it's like a, there were multiple main events. Is yeah, three still main events. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so I think it was the they've changed their format yeah. many a time over the years. Yeah. I think they just try to keep it fresh, so they yeah. keep moving around a little bit. Yeah. So just going in that first race is good. Second race, um, obviously right off the start, just kind of same thing, doing good. And then we came around the first turn and. Um, I was what inside and then Frandis was outside and someone was in the lead and when Frandis came out of the turn he kind of slid out a little bit and shot him back towards me as I stepped on to the tabletop he kind of came in and hit and he hit me and then I was the one that, so once I high sided then I went down and landed right on the landing of a step on step off uh -huh. and as I went to get up it was so quick I went to roll up and then got landed straight on my face so open part do you remember like hitting the ground and then going to kind of get up <clears throat> no you don't remember no, I'm anything. pretty, like, at this point, I'm, like, I forgot the first race of the day, kind of, like, parts of that. Like, I kind of, only thing I remember is probably having lunch after practice. Is that, that right? Day, yeah. 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 So, a lot of it was kind of just a blur, because, I mean, as, when I got landed on, I was, I was out, and yeah. then, um, and then once I got to the hospital, they put me in an induced coma for three or four days at that point. So, it was kind of just, I mean, dude, I don't remember anything probably for about a week and a half. Is that right? Yeah. I was going to say, what were your first <laughs> things you remember? Probably not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, no, it was because it was pretty much just uh, once I came out of the coma, <clears throat> then uh, it was just surgery, 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 figuring out what they want to do. Then my dad was thinking about having me um, flown to the States, to yeah. a hospital in the States. But they're like, no, it's it's too bad of an injury. You can't you can't go in the pressure like right? that, the yeah. pressures and all that. So um, but I'm actually grateful I stayed there because they did an awesome job. Were um, you in Paris? Where yeah, were I was you? in Paris. Okay. Yeah. So was um, it tough, though, with the language barrier or did the Doctors mostly speak some um, English. No, the doctors, a couple of the doctors spoke English. Yeah, I was going to say, usually they do, but the nurses and that's where it gets tough. Yeah, huh? dude, it was because the, the most of the care was the nurses. You know, we had mm -hmm. two or three nurses on staff, and uh, that was the headache, just trying to figure out what's going on, number one. Like, there was no communication between the nurses and me and then, you know, my dad and Travis at that point in time. So it was such a struggle with, like, figuring out what the hell's going on. Oh, when is he going to go into surgery or when is it going to happen? So everything was always like super delayed. So then, uh, uh, Pernoid and, uh, I should remember his name. Um, Javier. Javier. Yeah. Something no, it's like not that. Javier. Xavier. No, it's Xavier. Yeah, Xavier. Yeah. <laughs> I was close. Yeah. Javier. I gave the Mexican version <laughs> yeah. of a French name. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, sorry, Xavier. It's a South American version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So at that point, um, 
he ended up having one of his buddies that, that was bilingual. So he came in and was able to kind of get to the bottom of it and start helping, you know, with the communication and figuring mm-hmm. stuff out a little bit more. So that, that helped out a lot. You know, they were super grateful and, and helped out a lot. And even, um, uh, Matilda, Oh, Matilda, yeah, yeah, she she was helping out and stuff and kind of communicating with some things. So they helped out. So everybody kind of that was over there, you know, that knew me, they kind of pitched in and, and helped out as much as possible and stuff. Were you freaked out at all when you came to and like realized um, you'd been out a week? Obviously, and, yeah, with being yeah. losing consciousness, people probably had to remind you of what happened, right? Yeah, no, I was, yeah, it was one of those things where I was you know, asking the same questions a lot of times, like what 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 happened, you know, what's going on? And, and two minutes later, what happened? Yeah, yeah, two minutes no, later, I think it was that bad, but yeah, it was. Um, just you know you know you're just waking up out of surgeries and yeah. you don't know what the hell is going on like what went on and uh but uh yeah it was a struggle man i kind of went through a lot of shit over there with stuff and the worst part was like i, I had a trach in the whole time Ugh. and um so what kept happening when i was over there was um the freaking the trach would they put like a liner of um well like gauze in there to kind of like keep it sealed mm-hmm. well <clears throat> from being jacked up so bad i kept getting like super like um congested so then and i couldn't breathe for shit as it was so then i'd start coughing and then like take a deep breath and that gauze would get sucked into oh. my fucking throat <clears throat> so i couldn't breathe so i'm sitting there trying to breathe you can only breathe out of trach so i'm like trying to find the button to fucking call the nurse then they're taking their sweet time so there's a couple times where i'm like laying in the bed like i'm gonna suffocate die from this shit you know so it was like a lot of things that kind of went down there was like the worst one was i i dropped the button and like oh. and everybody was in the hotel that night so you couldn't call someone to pick up the button for you no so i'm just like beating shit around me hitting stuff like trying to get attention so i can have someone come in there so it was it was a nightmare dude like just so much like i remember all the bad shit let's just put it that yeah. way and, uh, yeah. i may but, have been in the same hospital i know i've been to a hospital in france yeah. and nothing against french hospitals but one i hate hospitals and then mm-hmm. when you're in a french hospital when everything's different and weird yeah. no one can communicate yeah I, how was your anxiety levels I, I remember being in there. Then. <laughs> Were you? I, I mean, that, I'm sure yeah. they had you on meds. Yeah, I was. I was pretty doped up the yeah. whole time. But uh, as you I remember been. just pulling <laughs> shit stuff off and telling them I'm fucking out of here. And they're like, Oh no, yeah. no, no, no! I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> and I just walked out. Yeah, I kept doing that. <laughs> they were trying to run with a me to yeah. sign out, and I just kept walking. Yeah, I know. I kept pulling shit off, like all the sensors, hand yeah, sensors, yeah. all that stuff. And that's one yeah. way to freak them out. Because then, then all of a sudden, it goes bee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they so, come running in. How how long were you in there? So how 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 long were you? Um, fourteen days in the ICU, and then I was um, five days in like a lower. Once I got off of everything and unplugged the feeding machine and uh, got off the trach, it was just like kind of it was still in there, but it wasn't hooked up to a breathing machine and all that stuff. But um, so I was in that st- setup for five days. But it was crazy because like all they wanted to do is kept pumping me full of shit. It's like they wanted me to stay there, and I'm like. I'm good. Take me off the morphine. Cause I had a, where they put that crazy ass morphine set up in your, in your bloodline and your wrist. So then I had that constantly pumping. It was on a button and stuff, but and they're mm, just like, morphine's they good just shit, like, man. yeah, some of the, the nurses would come by and just like hit the button and turn on. And I'm just like, no, like I don't want this anymore. Cause if I keep doing this, I ain't going to leave this damn bed. So at one point I, I told my dad, I couldn't talk. I was just writing shit down on a, on a board. And I was like, Hey, this like cut everything off. Like, stop no meds, no nothing. And then like two days later, I was like feeling way better. I was able to get up out of the bed, stand mm. up, um, start moving. At that point, I was like, I'm done. Get me out of here. Like surgery's done. Like pull the staples out, pull the stitches out. Like get me the hell out of here. Your mouth was wired shut. Is that why you couldn't talk or what? Or just- um, no, because of the trach. Oh. 
<clears throat> and and the my mouth was wired shut for um for 15 16 days and then they took out the wires and all that stuff but um how how did you eat um feeding tube right well i had the uh I still had the tube in my nose, but when I was in the ICU for that long, they were just feeding me through the machine through my uh, chest. Wow. Yeah, they had, like, this crazy-ass, like, food machine, like, this tall, <clears throat> and they put uh, lines, like, directly into my chest, and it was pumping food in. What? Into your stomach through your chest? Yeah, dude. I had, like, this crazy-ass thing in my chest. Winston's like, I don't know how, yeah. how you're going to fit an in and out double double <laughs> through yeah. that little tube yeah. right now. Yeah, I got, like, yeah. Give it a shot. Yeah, I was, when I got out of there, I was like 180. Like, I was just sucked up, you know. Yeah, you'll get, is. you'll lose weight just when yeah. you're pumped on meds and not really eating or moving. Yeah. So, you're, I, the x ray of your face is radical. Like, you've mm. got little, you know, plates everywhere. Mm. Um, how many fractures do you have in your face? Um, I'm going to call like 24 because there's 24 plates on my face. So, Fuck. yeah. So pretty much just like long story short is it, um, it's called like a Lafort fracture, one, two, and three, where your skull detaches from your lower half mm -hmm. and then your jaw detaches from that. So it's kind of like the worst, you know, I should have been dead at that point, you know, like what they said. But um, just, I mean, like I said, they, it, I was just thankful that that country I was in, they were good at what they did and they got under control fast. Cause if I was in, I look back now and I'm like, dude, if I was in Germany or Greece or something like that, and that should happen, I don't even know if they'd know what to do. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I think but, Germany would be okay. You just offended a few Germans, but I think you'd be okay. Yeah. <laughs> but nah. Greece. Yeah. But, uh, I, I was, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was in a hospital in, uh, Chemnitz or something like that. And I was like, this After, place uh, from is a German supercross? insane. Yeah. Like just blood on the walls. And I'm just uh. like, this place is freaking like world war two, like just nasty shit everywhere. But, um, they kept the decor from world <clears throat> war two. Yeah. It looked like that. It was, it was dark, but, um, yeah. So it just kind of, you know, you look back on things like that and you're just like, makes you think like shit. I don't know if I would want to go there again. Well, know? all the fractures you had, and from what I understand, I mean, you were obviously bleeding heavily out of your nose and mouth. Like, yeah. just the airway issues alone, which is, mm. you know, a first responder's primary concern is airway. Yeah. Can he, can he maintain his own airway? Yeah. I'm thinking, I don't know how you breathe. You kept breathing through all the blood. Well, no. What, so, um, at the track, the staff there, which probably another lifesaver, too, is they... Um, they intubated you? They, yeah, they yeah. shoved that down my throat so I could breathe because I was yeah. bleeding out so bad. And that... That's so. what What's it called? It's called an endotracheal intubation. So you basically take a, a tube and put it down the trachea. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. And they, then they, it, in, yeah. it inflates so it keeps yeah, know, so it stomach contents yeah. down or, or you know, yeah. keeps air like a seal basically and you can breathe for them. Wow. But with all the blood, like typically our, the laryngoscopes have a little light and you look and see the cords and pass it through the cords. Yeah. But I've never done one of these. They call it a, a blind insertion where you just open up and if it's, you'll look for bubbles mm. that are coming out and you aim for the bubbles. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if they had missed that or yeah. couldn't get that, dude, like, yeah, could yeah, have been a different story, then, um, man. And I, I still watched the video today, and I'm like, I don't know how it happened, but my left inner thigh um, almost hit my artery, so I almost bled out in my left leg too. So like, when I came to it too, I have like a, it looks like a shark bite out of my inner from thigh. a peg or something or what? That's what I'm saying. I can't see on the video what oh. it was. So it's it's like the most jagged scar. Like I think they sewed it up in the. In the ambulance, because they use, like, freaking fishing string, and it's all jagged and crap. Yeah, so oh, it was, really? Um, yeah. I didn't even hear about that. Wow. I was going to say, at that point, they probably was... Well, kudos to the track crew, because yeah. Yeah. truly, that could have gone sideways. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm thankful for the, you know, the staff that was there that, that jumped on it that quick and knew what to do. The one so. thing I... I 
got to give those guys credit. We've all been to that event. Um, they're very professional. Yeah, no, they do. And, and, and in a situation like this, when when you really need it, because I don't, you know, when you're telling me a story, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if I've ever gone to a race and said, I want to put my life on the line. Are you comfortable with doing a, what do you call it? Innovation. Right? And are you, have you got experience? Do you panic under pressure? Like, because you can teach someone through school mm. on a, you know, when the shit hits the fan, you need, you also need someone that's not, oh, he's dying. Yeah. Well, that's why you're here, man. Like help yeah. him out. Yeah. You know, you call somebody. Yeah, oh, exactly. I'm, I'm somebody. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I shouldn't have graduated so soon. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like some of those uh, yeah. races I've been to, I look around. I'm and like, I'm not making I'm any like light of it. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. it's, it's, it is true what you said. I almost feel like something like this probably, you know, if it was someone else, they probably wouldn't have made it. But mm. well, think if it did happen to someone, it was, you know, you, and I don't want to say thankfully someone like yourself could handle it because if it was, a, you know, maybe someone else, maybe we would have lost someone. Yeah, you know? no, I agree. You're sitting here, we're talking to you. I know there's still some, do you still have some vision Yeah, so my right damage and all that? jacked up, yeah, from optic nerve damage Has it, from that. You, uh, yeah, you extend, you uh, hyperextended or something or stretched yeah, it? Yeah, they kind of said it was like the fibers were torn or stretched the optic nerve, and that's what created like the vision loss on that. So, is it still the same? You said it's kind of just like a, you're like you're looking through a little hole. <clears throat> yeah, it's just a small little pinhole of vision on that. So, but even now, like I've tried, dude, I've reached out to just different countries and just trying to see what their medicine would do or what they use or what they can do for eyes, but it's just like a, dead end you know yeah. the, you know you almost need to freaking hire somebody else that can reach out to these people and get it you know get some information because i reached out to a couple countries through emails on like on like high-end eye places that do like um you know stem cell therapy or some type of something and like no response it's all just dead ends is that right yeah. just no they wouldn't get back to you <clears throat> yeah but um and you said to me or i saw somewhere you you were blocking out like blocking out blacking yeah. out your goggle on that side yeah and just so you could ride with one eye well because it's um since it's not a lot of vision it, that is it, hard too it, it it like the my right eye side it pulls into my good eye so like it it's not even that i could see that well out of this eye so it's it almost blurs my good eye so it interferes uh. like so if i'm like looking at you i just see like a blurry spot that's in this frame in my good eye. So that's why when I ride, I've gotten okay. used to it now, but in the beginning stage when I was riding, <clears throat> I'd be riding and I, I was seeing shit that wasn't like yeah. that close to me. So that's why I used that. And then I had some contact lenses made too that were just blacked out. Mm. So it blacks out the lens so that I can not have to tape the goggles off. Because yeah. then, then at that point now, it's affecting my left eye when mm. I'm looking to the right. Right, right, right. You know? so, yeah. And then that also starts throwing off like your depth perception yeah. and everything like that is that hard like i would imagine picking a rut or like i don't know shit that's yeah. got to be tough riding yeah. with no it is the, the hardest thing for me is the ruts like just getting into a rut and and just the depth perception of it and just figuring that out and like breaking bumps and if it's like a if it's a track that has like dark dirt it's freaking i might as well not even ride uh, you know so i i have obviously had eye issue but it was through cancer but I have some of the kind of similar issues as well. And fortunately, I think my other eyes compensate a little bit. But man, in the beginning, I would come into a corner and I'm looking at the rut focus on, and then I'd almost eat shit and yeah. go back. And I'm like, oh, it was a big rock. I didn't even see it or like a big hole. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a little scary. So yeah, it is. <laughs> you got to turn it down just a little bit when the vision's not that good. Yeah, dude, I, I crashed my road bike like two months ago. I was just right road back down the street and it was like early in the morning and the trees were shadowing the bike lane and i'm just i'm probably going like 20 miles an hour 
and I freaking hit something in the road, and I'm just on the ground, hit the ground, slide into the curb, and I get up, and I'm like, what the frick just happened, dude? And I get up, and there's a, there, someone lost, like, five or ten um, of, like, the gyms, like, the Smith machines that have all the squared weights. Yeah. They were just, uh, like, laying in the shadows <laughs> on the freaking road. And I straight waxed one and fucking went over the bars, dude. I was like, that's I haven't, sketchy. I haven't ridden since. I'm just like, screw this thing. I'm not riding anymore. Get a Peloton yeah. or something. And you just, yeah. and you know, you know, you're yeah. not going to hit something. So there's, there's, there, there's some struggles with. You still know. ride pretty damn fast, though. Videos I've seen you out, mm. you know. Yeah, it, it just takes me a minute. Like if I really start riding, then I can get comfortable with it. Yeah. But got to get the track down so you yeah. know nothing's gonna. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah, you were riding with uh, so Damon Bradshaw. And when you guys were up in that Boise, yeah, was it earlier this year? Um, no, that was our launch in I think 2019. Because he was still on his gas gas. That's been a long year. Yeah, that's why I thought it was still this year, but it was actually yeah. 19. Okay, so it was yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, what? Well, tell me about the insurance you have, because this this question comes up a lot. Um, you know, guys, they'll, they'll they'll get pissed that people are fundraising for guys, and. You know, I, to me, and I know Gio got in some trouble on Twitter recently about going after a guy, um, Tevin Tapia, who had been hurt a couple times. Maybe he didn't have insurance. And I'm on your side. If a guy doesn't have insurance, you got no damn business on a dirt bike. No. So, and, and I think on any level, amateur, yeah. pro, I don't care. You have no business on a dirt bike. Get off. Yeah, there's no, it's just, it's not worth it because then you're in a. But you can't say that in 2020. Time. What do you mean? Oh, Because yeah, you'll offend well. everyone. But uh, my point is, it should be, if, if no one explains it to you, I mean, let's be honest, go, go to Jeremy McGrath, who's probably the least injured top rider. Mm. He still had insurance and still went to the hospital several times in his career. Yeah. You know, it's not if you get hurt, it's when. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a sad reality of our sport. Yeah. Fortunately, most of our injuries, unlike the one you just went through, is a broken wrist, an ankle, mm. maybe a leg. It'll heal, you'll be okay, you know, and move on. But yeah, you, it's... It's certainly something you have but to have. you had yeah. good insurance, and they still have maxes. They still cap out. Yeah. You know. So that the whole thing, it's really complicated how it works. So obviously I had my insurance. Um, then at that point, um, we were trying to figure out what the federation in France. Um, and also then at that time, Road Recovery came on and started the foundation with, with me on that and started raising money and stuff because we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, so... Long story short, to my knowledge, it, it kind of worked out to where the French government approved it because it was in their land and it was caused. It wasn't caused; it was related to a French rider. Mm. Like so, it was played off in a weird, a weird oh, way. Oh wow! So then they um, they covered a lot of the or the majority of the medical expenses when I was there, and then obviously coming back to the states. Um, it went back and forth, and then obviously the road recovery money that was in there, I was paying all the... I had four or five surgeries in the States. Um, a couple of them weren't covered by insurance because they it was like a bullshit. They kind of said it was cosmetic. I know what you're and saying. They're saying like, oh, you could live that way. You're yeah. just doing it to look better. And you're like, motherfucker, my mouth yeah. doesn't move. Yeah, so it was like kind of... So as I said, it, it got into a pretty extensive situation mm -hmm. with, with all three things, my insurance, road recovery, and then the French government insurance system however that works so was, there's was a lot of crazy stuff going on and, and i was thankful for road recovery for <clears throat> Lori and anita they 
freaking busted their ass like just on top of everything they were they were good people they are they got flights back to the states they booked hotels like like it was it was so much help to not have to worry about that extra stuff well and and not just the money that road recovery provides it's the experience those guys having been through this they know they know how to negotiate those bills down they know you know just all the roads and the roadblocks and now that's not a waste of time let's do this yeah Man, huge, huge, huge help, huh? Yeah, Anita was like, dude, I'd send something to Anita, and she's just like, yeah, that's BS. Like, I'm going to handle this. And she'd be straight on the phones. Like, I, I gave her, like, power of attorney to handle all my insurance stuff. So when something came in and, and was not right, she cool. would just jump right on it and handle it. So it's pretty yeah, awesome. Those guys are awesome. Yeah. One so, of the reasons that we've always wanted, you know, to be involved with them is it genuinely helps people. And yeah. um I know Laurie was saying this year was a bit of a bummer because they've lost a lot of the events. You know, remember we'd do the riding school and there was so many ways they generated money. But anyhow. Yeah, this, well, this year screwed a lot of people up. Did you have a Lloyd's of London policy? Like yes. a career-ending policy? Yeah. So tell people a little bit about that because I think maybe there's some confusion about how those work. Hmm. So, um, And who talked you into that? Yeah, so thankfully it was um, back when I signed with RCH in 14. Um, my dad and I'm just drawing a terrible blank. Um, the guy, the the silent partner at, at RCH at the time, um, um, it'll come uh, to me. Um, Justin Amstead. Oh, Lori's. Yeah, yeah. So um, he and my dad were talking. He's like, "Hey, I really think you should get this for Weston and set it up." So I, I've been, I've had this policy set up since 2014. So long story short, it's just a, it's an injury policy. Every athlete that plays basketball, football, baseball, they all have the same policy. So you pretty much, you're buying into an insurance policy every year. You're paying thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year, just in case if you do have a, a life-ending injury like me. Um, career ending, not career, life. Sorry, not life, yeah. <laughs> it was close to that. <laughs> yeah, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I need a yeah. policy for when I <laughs> die, so I got money to live yeah, yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, yeah, so then at that point, it's like, I dragged it out really long because I was like, I still wanted to race. So I waited all the way till um, the, almost the end of 2019 before I started the clause and before I started the paperwork and all that stuff for that policy. So. And it just states if you have an injury that that um, keeps you from returning to competition. Yeah. Even they even have it, it where like uh, you know I know with Fro when he broke his back that went through some muddy waters mm-hmm. and um, they said well you can probably still race but a doctor said yeah but not at a hundred percent if he doesn't have all the range of motion mm-hmm. how can he be at his hundred percent level and they came to a settlement. Mm-hmm. I, I was frustrated because with my issue, it was medical. So I had this lovely career-ending mm-hmm. policy for injury, but because it was oh. medical, I got dick out Is of it. Is that right? I was. I remember, and 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 a medical policy as an athlete because we're so healthy costs nothing. So anyone out there, get a medical policy. It costs you peanuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trust oh, me, I would be worth one point five million dollars more. Mm-hmm. And so you can adjust how much, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all just depends on how much money you want to pay on a premium for. I mean, all like the like big time athletes, like they're doing ten million dollar policies. You know. Well, I think uh, someone might shoot me down on this one, but I'm pretty sure, like you know, Reggie Bush, the yeah. football player, he uh, blew his knee out pretty bad, and it was one of those where they weren't sure if he could ever be Reggie Bush, and I think he got like a at least $10 million yeah. payout for his knee and he can walk, but it was one of those, I think he just said, I can't be the athlete yeah, I need yeah, to be. Yeah. And I think he can, that's why he'll never play any professional sport. So is it a one-time payout or is it, is it? No, it's just a one-time payout. Oh, okay. So, yeah. But I mean, they at least like, 
it's kind of cool because they even I think there were stipulations in there as of um, you can actually try to race up to six times to oh. see if oh, really? to see if you can or cannot, and it won't affect the hmm. terms on your policy. But then again, it was a pain in the ass. Like it was. There was just so well, they don't want to pay it. No, the hell no, they don't want to <laughs> pay it. Everyone that's like, ever yeah. gotten money out of them has said, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man, we got you covered, got you covered. They're not just you got writing to prove you, a check. you can't ride. You're like, yeah. my yeah, face yeah. is sideways. Uh, yeah. but you can still put the helmet on. Yeah. yeah, but they put you through the ringer, man. I, I think I had, I had like a private investigator following me. Yeah. Um, I bet you did. I had two or three different um, requests I had to go see multiple different doctors on to their get dime, multiple opinions to get multiple opinions and all this shit and it was just like they just definitely want to make sure and put you through the ringer you know so it's i'm sure there's fraud yeah. i'm sure there's crazy you're like, fraud. Yeah. you're like bro i cannot see out of my eyeball yeah yeah but it's it was a, yeah it was kind of a frustrating situation to kind of they're probably gonna be know, like keep, prove it keep going to that yeah <laughs> so how many fingers <laughs> am i holding He's up throwing stuff at yeah. you catch that <laughs> right you know so oh. that's crazy man so well good i mean but at least, you, at least uh, one, I'm glad you had that. And two, yeah. I'm sure that really helped you out because, you know, obviously you've lost your income as a professional mm. racer. You've got a mass amount of bills mm. and you're hitting the reset button. So I'm yeah. sure that helped out a big time. Yeah, I know it helps. I mean, and also, I mean, I, through racing, man, I always, I was always smart. My dad, you know, thank for my dad, you know, he was always just like, you know, don't spend money, don't be an idiot, put your money away. So, I mean, you know, those few years I was racing and making good money, I was always smart and putting money away, maxing everything out, investing, you know, into multiple different platforms. Hey, so. I was over at West Coast UTV the other day. Yep. And I saw a truck of yours in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where C10. I stole my shit a C10, right? I noticed. <laughs> yeah. I saw. I saw your side by side there, and your yeah. Yeah. So that's where I. I've known Dustin for years. He's known me since I was because I used to race with his son back in when we were amateurs and stuff. So we go way back. So he's he takes care of me and all my stuff. And yeah, that's where nice. I store all my all your toys. I don't, don't have room in my house. It's just hey, I'm I gotta drop it off for a little bit. So. <laughs> Good um, problem to have. <laughs> did you still have a bunch of bills you had to pay personally? Um, no, it? it was all. Um, Pretty much got like, like I said, yeah, everything mostly got handled, you know, like like I said, through the road recovery stuff and and all the insurance stuff. So everything was pretty pretty covered. So. Yeah. Um you got a lot going on right now. You you move into Idaho, mm. I heard, right? You're building a house up there. Yeah. Um you split up with your ex. What else you got? Are you done racing? I mean, like a lot of changes yeah. going on. Um, yeah, just kind of I've always wanted to get out of California because I had my house in North Carolina for um, two years. And then after my injury, I was like, well, there's no point of having a house here because I'm not going to race anymore. So I sold that house last year um, and then just kind of jumped into a new business. We sold my vape shop um, in 2019, December. um, And then my neighbor, Jody, kind of we started chatting a little bit and he was like, oh, let's open up a retail store. So then I jumped into furniture and we're still doing that right now. So I got that going on. And also I'm with uh, Fly Full Time doing brand ambassador stuff with them, traveling events, uh, ride days. So it sounds like they've um, they've sort of had your back through the entire... Yeah, no, they've, they're have they amazing people up there. WPS yeah. is a pretty cool company. Yeah, Those guys just, are, they're, yeah. they're passionate about racing yeah. and they take, you can look at any any guy that's been with them, like Shorty, Kenar. I mean, yeah. it's they hang out to their guys long term and take care of them. E- I really e- like that. E- even as a dealer, WPS is amazing. Yeah, no, they're great people. Like I said, they've I've been with them for eleven, twelve years straight, 
you know, using their gear line. So, I mean, it's, they're like family to me, you know, yeah. I walk in and everybody's awesome and they just, they, they offer you opportunities. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, I was like, Hey, I'm not going to race anymore. Like I want to stay with the brand. Let's transition into a brand ambassador deal. That's so now cool. it's me and Brad are, are their main brand ambassadors. And then, so then, <clears throat> yeah, so my decision to go to Boise was to kind of be closer to them to just kind of do other opportunities with the company Yeah, because they have so much stuff, you know, they have, well, the roadside, the Harley lines, you yeah. know. So it's kind yeah. of, um, and I wanted to get out of California. I'm just kind of burned out on it. I can't so. figure out why. Why, yeah, dude? I know, right? So bitching here. <laughs> Gavin yeah. Newsom's crushing it. I know. I, I know. We tried like 16 different uh, restaurants today to try to stop and find and, and eat at and just, yeah, it's all just takeout. But, um, Gavin, you reckless bastard. How I dare know. you? How dare you? Yeah. Do that? Gavin Newsom gets to eat out if he wants to. I know, right? That dude's such a piece of work. Uh, um, but, um, I, Boise, I, I, I need to listen to some of my own advice at times. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Have you spent much time in Boise? Um, no. It's bitching, it's, dude. Like, no, yeah, I love it. I'm just scared of the winters. I'm, they're not that bad. <sighs> I shouldn't. Fish, people in Boise fish. are probably going to be cussing at me, but the winters are super mild. You came from Montana, yeah. bro. Right, and that's a miserable winter. <laughs> right. So don't move no, to Montana. No, my point is that you can't say that Boise is not that bad coming from Montana. Well, he can. Whereas when you come from South Africa, where, where I grew up. It's subtropical. There's no winter. Mm. I mean, when we put a jacket on, it's like, gee, what, the, what happened? There's a cold front. Everyone was pissed off. It's 72 mm. degrees. No, it was like 62. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> don't even be like, an don't asshole. Don't get carried like away, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was still floating at 72. Yeah. I, it's like, what? Like, it's when I was up there two weeks ago for doing some stuff, it was, it was 20, 30 degrees, but yeah. sunny out. And it's, yeah. it's a different kind of cold. It's not like... I was talking yeah, to Cudby, yeah. it's and not, he said he was in his garage yesterday, and he's like... It's raining, you know him. It's raining. Once a ton of snow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. does it really? <laughs> Did you have a conversation? <laughs> anyway, sorry. I think you're gonna dig it, man. It's. it's I a do like it. Place. I've been up there a couple times in the yeah. summer. And I I I love the area. I just. You got you got bogus, back. bogus basin right there to ski. There's like a billion miles of trails. I'm yeah. sure you'll hook yeah, up with. Some. Riding's amazing. Yeah, there's you a bunch got, of riding. Do you, yeah. do you do any dual sport? Like not yet, but I will. I was gonna say. The, I mean, that's what that's. You'll, you'll get you'll get hooked. Not, you'll yeah. get hooked on it. Connect with Simon Cudby because he's been up there learning all those trails, yeah. and he'd I've love already, to yeah. do some stuff with you for upshift or whatever. Yeah, you know? that's the same. I already got with him and said we'll have to get together and yeah. and roll out with that. But we still need to go up there. And I would love to do a go see seed concepts and. Do we have someone else up there that sponsors us? Who else is based up there? I don't think so, buddy. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. But well, that's a good right. enough there, reason. That's a good enough reason. <laughs> see Weston. <laughs> Caleb, we're coming. Yeah. Go ride some trails. Um, so what about the split? You made a you made a uh, post on Instagram that was pretty telling. It was <clears> like, <throat> it's amazing how much better life gets when you cut out some bullshit or something mm -hmm. like that. And I was like... Um, well, you're I always open and honest, which, which we like. <laughs> I didn't really want to talk about it. But, oh, all right. Um, we don't have to. No, I just, uh, just not agreeances upon each other. And were know, you guys actually that. married yeah. or no? Oh, you did get married. Yeah. I knew you guys were engaged or whatever, but yeah. So just, I mean, like I said, it's just nothing I even want to talk about or anything like that. So just kind of didn't see eye to eye and just call onward and upward. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on. Yeah. So. Ah, people, pe people change, Yeah, you know, no, and, and here's one thing I've, uh, I've said before is, when when you're with someone and, you, and and you're a racer, it's a different dynamic, because a lot of times they have to sort of fall into your schedule and what you do, and it's and you've got this life, and they're you know 
helping, maybe making sandwiches, cooking food. What? <laughs> but I mean, they're they're a part of the team. <laughs> Go okay. make me a sandwich. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, when you're at the races. <laughs> Well, it's either that or your man friend, but some yeah, people use yeah. their, their wife or whatever. But <laughs> I don't think Weston has a man I friend. I haven't, I haven't yeah. finished I never with this. Shit, you guys yeah. make me look bad. So <laughs> You're doing that yourself. I don't know how you come back from, she's no. making sandwiches for me. <laughs> but, but, then, but then when you're not racing, now the dynamic changed. Now you've got to sit around the house and talk, uh, not about racing, about everyday life. And mm. I think that there's something to be said. How to, to change said. the sandwich. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I got some free time. <laughs> Let me give you some advice on your sandwich making. Listen, I've never liked the way you arrange the tomatoes. Double up on the bacon uh. and put a little spice in the ever. All right, here we got it. No, um, it changes the dynamic. You're not like we're going here, we're doing this, da, da, da. all of a sudden things change. And I think sometimes people yeah, I, see I another side or it's just like, wait a minute. We? I went through a little bit of that after racing and I was also a little bit bitter, but about you know yeah. cancer and this and that but i think there's something to be said that when you meet someone in a certain setting and then that setting changes yeah all of a sudden you realize well maybe we're not that compatible or maybe we, we not, don't have as much in common or whatever you know yeah and you i'm not meaning that in any negative way i'm just saying i think there's a lot of truth to that for sure have you had struggled to like kind of deal with not racing anymore i mean has that been um, kind of going okay i guess on. i'm done just early on, like yeah. probably, like most of last year, just kind of, <clears throat> it was more of like a, it's, it was a purpose. You know, you had a purpose every yeah. day. You wake up, sure. you train, you ride. This is what you do. You know, you never thought like that it was going to end the way it did. I mean, yeah, you can prepare for retirement, but you're putting yourself in that position. Yeah. Um, but in your case, you weren't preparing yeah. for retirement. No. So it's just, <clears throat> yeah, it was a struggle for probably a solid four or five months, you know, just kind of like you're waking up and you're like, you know, you're, you're thinking or you're dreaming that this is what I'm going to do the next day. And then it, it's not, you know, then obviously reality kicks in and it doesn't. But the one thing I did that helped was get involved in something else really quickly. Mm -hmm. so, and that, that dispersed my time For thinking sure. about racing and this and that. Keeps your so, mind of, yeah, of so, the negative. I mean, that's why even now I'm just like, I'm always doing something. Whether it's working on a car, dirt bike, Harley stuff, or just, just being gone. That's what... Stay busy. Yeah, stay busy. That's yeah. all. I mean, that's what I've always been doing. So it's like, I can't, I'm not a sit around, do nothing kind of person. Hey, are your neighbors going to be happy that you're not doing burnouts in front of your house anymore? Um, I don't even care about my neighbors. <laughs> like I, I've lived there for six years and I've talked to three of them and that's it. Like you have but, left some pretty gnarly oh, dude, burnouts you, down your street. Yeah, to burnouts. Yeah. I don't do much anymore there. I just go to my neighbor's house down the street, Steve, and I just freaking jack up his slide it up. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. The Wildemar police. Uh, Weston, we've heard another burnout. Yeah, see, now I can't do anything anymore because uh, Menifee just hired, or they just started a whole new Their own department. department, and they took over the... Um, the Sheriff's Department. Oh, it's not Riverside County Sheriff? Yeah. Oh, dude, we're yeah. all like, we have like they 12... 12 cop cars now. That oh, they're all brand new oh, yeah. and fancy and they're everywhere. I'm like, man. Yeah. They took over um, mm. Menifee City Hall. So it's like, now it's like if you do one thing stupid, there's a cop five seconds away. So wow. you, can't, you can't even do anything dumb anymore or you're just going to get caught up. So. You can't do a big old 100 yard Bernie. I do, but like cautiously. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. wasn't me. Yeah. Just park the car real quick. <laughs> all right. Simple question. Oh. Who would you like to punch in the face in this industry? Um, 
Just one person? No, you can make it you like. <laughs> Let's hear the Well, list. hang on. I'm the closest. <laughs> Line them up. Line can I sit that side real quick? I may or may I not would, have said I something. I would still like to punch Vince, like straight up. Just have a scrap <laughs> with him or something. And then Gallagher. That's probably about it. I'm not like, nobody else really did me wrong. Like to where I can think and be like, oh yeah, that dude. But Those two I'd probably punch Barsha too. Like I like Barsha, like we get along. <laughs> but I would just punch him. <laughs> I just like him, just but I'm it. like on a punching basis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His, I get it. His face is just very punchable. Yeah. What you guys had run-ins throughout the years? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I dude, we had a run-in. At least you always know where he is around you. Yeah. 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 He's floated a lot of hours. Yeah. Right. At JGR. Yeah. Um, but um, no, we had a run-in like. I was still privateer at point. I think I was like 13 or 14, and we got into it at a Supercross race, and he freaking punted me like last turn in a heat race. Like, we're both in qualifying position. So after the track, we're riding back, and I'm just like, F you, like this uh, and that, yeah, screaming yeah. at each other. And hey, was that like, was on TV. Yeah. That was yeah, on TV. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to fucking kill you, like yelling at him. So, And he's like, whatever. Like, he's a good person. So he, he goes <laughs> taking off. And goes and tattletales on me to AMA and said that Weston's trying to attack Threat, me and threaten me with and shit. Life. And I was just like, God. I had someone do know, that once so. saying, he threatened my life. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So Come on. <laughs> I know <laughs> I, I said know. I would kill you, but it wasn't yeah. literally. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, if I wanted to. I would. So, um, What would you say needs to be fixed or bettered in this sport? Um, I don't really have an answer for that. That would be like... Nothing profound. That would even really change it. You know, it's kind of, I think uh, just the way it's ran and the way how it kind of works with how we race for an organization. And then I feel like the riders always kind of get the shit into the stick. Not, we're not talking teams, we're just talking strictly how we show up, we race, we pay to race, we pay to race every weekend, we pay for credentials and, and all this bullshit. But, but it's like entry. you get to that point and it's like, they keep asking us to do more and they want more out of it, but then we're still showing up and paying to race. I know. know it's kind of, it's kind of bullshit. I think, I think in the future, something that would be better is it kind of sucks for people that are privateers, but like it needs to be kind of more of like a union. Like there's like, it'd be like a hard fought type of a union, but where it's like, you have your main group of guys that you know are going to be on a team that are this or that they should be getting a cut of something, you know, because it wouldn't happen if it wasn't for us and vice yeah. versa and whatnot. But it just kind of, I think something needs to change as in the structure of like how good you are at riding. Like if you're, if you're terrible for, for so many months or a whole year and you don't really perform that well, you shouldn't be able to raise supercross. Hmm. Like, I feel like some of the people need to be winged out of like, like if you're not progressing, if you're not getting better and you're just the same guy, like, I feel like there should be something else for you guys to do for racing. Like not so much in this league of racing, hmm. but I, that's just my opinion on how I see that. Like there's gotta be something like how it was arena cross, like, a B, like a B main or something like, like that. Yeah. Something different that kind of separates the, the athletes. You know what I mean? You get to a point and you're at the top of your game. But then it, it's, it just gets disrupted. But you know by, what they would do? You know, talk about the B main or, you know, whatever it'll help keep people in the industry because the problem with our industry is if you're not really winning or one of those factory guys it's like there's no in between it's like you're making millions yeah you're paying a race and you're paying scraping yeah. through between yeah. paying and some bonus and some income but yeah. Yeah. it's such a you know it just swings so hard it, uh, yeah to me. like it is like because when i was when i was a privateer it's like I couldn't get a goddamn single ounce of help. Like you're just looking at people that whether it's AMA or Feld or, or whatever it is, like 
it's like you're nobody. You just like you're walked on like you're trash on the ground. And then as soon as I went to a factory team, it was like, yeah. what can we do for you? Like, hmm. what do you need? Can we help you? And it's like, well, what happened with this when I was still fast coming up, but I, I couldn't get shit for help. You know what I mean? And hmm. just it just sucks how there's like that that separation of of who you are and who you ride for versus who you're not and what you're paying for. It's just a, it's a shitty, shitty combination of, of how it works. Yeah. And I think it's probably like that in every sport, but there's more of a, <laughs> the guys on the bench in baseball are still making yeah, a lot, a of, lot money. of money, yeah. right? Like where these guys that aren't even on that bench <clears throat> are sitting on the bench at the triple A <laughs> league still making a shitload more than us. Yeah. yeah. Probably right. And he's bitching about his tennis elbow. What are your thoughts on JGR closing up? That was like a, that was a home for you. <clears throat> yeah. What did you think? Of that? Um, I mean, what's, what do you think when you, have just, you talked to J-Bone? Yeah, no, I, I talk to Coy and J-Bone often and stuff, but, um, I mean, it sucks, man. I mean, I, it, it hurts to see a team like that go under and I mean, just the, what they put into it, you know, just being a, a solo on team, not by, not by a factory. It just, it just sucks. Cause I know I, I saw the struggle they were going through Cause even in 18, when I signed, I could tell like the money was dwindling down from sponsorships. We lost auto trader. That was our biggest sponsorship mm. at the time. So once they left, it was like phone, 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 trying to find sponsors. I was reaching out to people just to see like that. My connections I was like, Hey, you guys are interested in doing, you know, motocross, supercross team and all that. But, um, it just, it, it's unfortunate, you know, but it's at the end of the day, it's Koi, Koi even said, he's like, he's like, tells J-Bone and David Evans, like, hey, there's, I'm only going to do this for so much longer. I'm only going to spend so much more amount of money until I'm going to shut it down. Mm. And that's where it got to the point where we were kind of held up in uh, in a couple of sp uh, potential sponsorships for last year and this year that were supposed to be approved sooner than they were. And they just kind of, it was like a, just a big company that kept pushing it back, pushing it back. And then COVID hit and it really jacked up yeah. that. So that really put a damper if on. If you're a private uh, in independent team, covid probably didn't do you any favors because even if you're a potential sponsor like right now if you're a company how can you go yeah we're fully invested next year when we don't really know where we're going to yeah. be next year you know yeah. and uh, and that's the problem because even our industry um bike sales have been good you know suzuki's had a great year you know all these things you put together but th there's a lot of uncertainty and i think when that happens yeah the the, the big manufacturers and that tend to yeah. Pull the reins in. Now it's purely dependent on private funding. Mm -hmm. Once again, if people are up in the air, it's really hard. I just think it's a travesty that that organization, with all the experience they have in bringing in mm -hmm. sponsors and, and how to activate at the race and really give their sponsors so, money, yeah. if they can't get it done. Yeah, and I'm talking they like. Well, that's why Mitch was able yeah. to, because, you know, with Pro Circuit, we're saying if you don't have something to market and sell. Yeah. And I know JGR tried the suspension and the yeah, other yeah. mods and that. Yeah, I mean, we were doing clothing line, suspension, motors, in-house, all that stuff. But it kind of was, it was working, but it wasn't paying the bills. Yeah. It wasn't enough to, yeah. to put into a team and say, here, we have $500 million a year in profit that we can put back into the team. So that, that wasn't really yeah. working that way. So I also think yeah. that... Um, what they had going for them in the beginning was they were JGR. Mm. So you had a name, you had a facility, you had, you had some assets, some good assets going in. And I think that they were able to sort of piggyback off, off the NASCAR side. Because, you know, some of the sponsors, you know, yeah. I think it was Great Clips or Sports Clips, mm. you know, this and that. They were involved Toyota, they had uh, Toyota. In, in, yeah, yeah. in different levels of their NASCAR program. And then um, 
I think they were able to kind of shimmy some of that. In my opinion, I think sometimes they're like, hey, have you thought about what about our race yeah, no, team? It only costs yeah. you that much. You get this, you get this, and it worked. But then the minute NASCAR had to start squeezing, you know, because they're losing sponsors, and yeah. even the sponsors that are re-signing are signing for less money mm -hmm. because of viewership, everything like that. I think the minute the NASCAR side started shrinking, that put the real squeeze on the moto side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did. Like, yeah. you know... Yeah, just that should have get off because, the pot type thing. Yeah, we did share brands with NASCAR and, and our dirt bike team, but it was it came to the point, yeah, where NASCAR changed, their budgets are getting cut every single year, so it's like it kind of dwindled down to us. Where like we're still they not we they were still rich, reaching out to like I mean I know David and Javon were calling freaking fifty people a week plus just to find a sponsorship for JGR, and it was just like it was all just talk, you know, just oh maybe next year or let's talk about it in yeah. six months you know so it's and that's the like, problem it doesn't six work months a year yeah. from now it doesn't help the team at this yeah. point because it's in their position it's like how are we going to hire a rider if yeah. we don't know if we're going to go racing yeah. so it just puts everybody it's in a trickle effect it's a tough spot you know but it's, it's a bummer they shut down i mean hopefully maybe in the future something else can come back around and and get jump started again. Yeah, I always hate seeing that in our sport. Oh, yeah. And Jay Bone did a great job. I mean, I still remember having a conversation with Jay Bone when he was leaving Kawasaki and he was telling me about this new venture. You know, he, he put so much time and effort. I mean, re mm. relocated the family. You know, everything they've done I thought was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, to me, I think we all feel the same way. It's Yeah, yeah it's unfortunate. Between them and it's Geico. Sad I mean, Geico's won a ton mm. and just one sponsor goes and they're gone. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So it's not just like... <clears throat> Some people will say like, "Oh, they fell apart because there's no results." It's like, no, it's not the results. It's it's just this generation of how people can advertise in different ways, and it was a corporate and it's more decision. beneficial than sponsoring a race team for a couple million yeah. dollars a year. So it just changes the outlook of of how modernization is of how. I can just go to some guy off the street that has a few hundred thousand followers, and then just say, "I'm going to pay this guy." a quarter of the fraction of what we could pay a team and almost identically get the same yeah. publicity, the same publicity yeah. on it. I hope that it's a little bit of a wake-up call for, for promoters and manufacturers within the professional arena to sort of give the teams a little more, um, you know, ability to sell merchandise at the races, mm -hmm. ability to let their sponsors yeah. activate a little more, you know, like yeah. you that, has, that, that has to happen. Yeah. They've got to, they squeeze yeah. that because they want them to pay for that. And, and and we've seen it, you know, where sponsors were involved with the team, then all of a sudden they leave the team, they become a series sponsor. Mm -hmm. And I've always, I don't know, that's Shady. never sat well with me. <laughs> I always, I'm like, really? Well, you know, I, we're it's a fickle sport. If, if the energy drinks decide mm. it's not worth the money anymore, we're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. So well, I know Rockstar is pulling out. <clears throat> they are? They pulled out a Canadian on... The Yamaha factory team in Canada, so Rockstar pulled out, so they shut down. And then I heard that well, Pepsi bought Pepsi bottom. Yeah, and then I think someone was telling me the new and maybe Pepsi don't give a flying you know what about. No, Supergrass. I don't think Pepsi cares about dirt bikes. Yeah, that's what it was because I even heard I thought <coughs> that's now, why I drink Coke. Yeah, that now the Husky team, I think this is maybe their last year or something like that. Even for Rockstar, they might be different for them, but I kind of heard that that's a potential changes coming of them disappearing. Yeah. Not hey, the team, but sponsors. I was going right. to say, and Husky will probably obviously be okay without them, but it's still going to be a big dent because yeah. that money now has to be re replaced somewhere. What do you think that is? Half a million bucks? No. More? A lot more than that. Yeah. A couple oh, million? Yeah, several million for sure. Yeah, I think title sponsor talking. On that team like that? Two to three million. Yeah. 
That's just that's not easy. You're thinking about '90s money, bro. Yeah, I know. Sorry. 2020. I am out of the loop on money. <laughs> I hear what guys are making, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Am I too old? Yeah. To- Give it a go. Again. How long? Can I try this Can out I? Again? Yeah, actually, never mind. Husky, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Husky needs to hit up Bang. Yeah. I'd love to see Bang get involved. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bang is good. Dude. I'd just love to say that in the outdoors. Bang. Yeah. Well, bang. Just, they're hiring some good models. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all they have, I think. That's all they rely on is just girl models for their, their Inst- company. Insta so, models. Yeah. That's it. It's yeah. working. Yeah. Hey. Um, I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> you didn't hear any complaints over here, did yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I hope they shut that down. So you're doing a bunch of these uh, riding sessions around the country with Bradshaw. Mm. That dude is still, like, just freaking cool. Cool as hell to me. I love that guy. You got any good stories hanging out with him? Um, yeah, I mean, we've we've had a good time, you know. We, yeah. I mean, it's, it's me, Bob Damon, typically, and Bob's, like, our boss. Um, Hannah? So, no, um, oh. Bob Lowry. So he's oh, like, yeah, yeah. he works for Fly. Okay. So all that. So yeah. So I mean, we've, dude, it's, it's a good time. You know, we get we get on the road. You know, we see our dealers and and still got our dealers and all of our dealers get to come and ride on a Sunday or Monday, with us and kind of experience. You know, we're a dealer. Get out. I haven't seen you or the beast from the east. We don't do Cali. <sighs> oh really? Yeah. We're we're talking about <laughs> a lot of whole shit going. We're talking about getting something in California for next year, but it would maybe Sweet. be end of the year. But I think it would work because we have a lot of dealers locals. So, um, but no, it's awesome. We kind of just go out there and stoke out fans, and we we try to promote it as and um, anybody can come out and ride. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, like any whatever gear you wear, whatever kind of bike you have, um, it's on us. We cover it. And then on, on our ride day, our official ride day, you know, we cover food and hospitality and, and everything. So it's, it's a good event and it gets people, you know, motivated to come out and ride. Yeah, you know, top. it's like you guys are busting your ass at the dealership. Hey, a whole dealership can come out and ride. You know, we have, if depending on how big that area is, you know, we have five to 15 dealerships and yeah. you know, we'll, we'll all stop and just try to talk to all of them and promote it. And hey, come out and ride. Like, just get your bike, <laughs> get your gear, come out and ride. So. It's a pretty intimidating crew when Bradshaw and Weston roll in, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, um, yeah, it's like, don't step out of line. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> just yeah. be cool. Calm down. Be cool. Uh, they they he, ride, you know and then they have the simulated punching event where he pretends he takes you out and... No, you guys, need to, you guys need to take that portable. Well, you know, yeah. like you always see with like Dave and Buster's, you know, the punch bag yeah. and you see yeah. what your score goes. You should just bring it for shits and uh-huh. gigs and just see people be like, have you ever hit one of those? I told you these guys were gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever hit one of those? Knock, uh, knockout or whatever it was? Yeah, once. I was drinking though, so. Missed, missed the ball. Yeah, I think I missed it once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> hit your, swung yeah. around, hit your buddy. Yeah, hit the top of it. Yeah. yeah. Is Damon still on the sauce a bit here and there? Because <clears throat> um, I've had, I, we had a couple Big nights out when I came to Boise for the uh, yeah. Interam. No, we all have, we we have a good time. Yeah, yeah. So, He's fun, no, it's, dude. It's fun because I mean we just hang out the track. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's we have a small crew and just kind of hang out the track. And his style is still badass. Yeah. Like he gets all laid in, elbow down. He looks the same on a motorcycle yeah. as he did. He rips, dude. Like I'm like sometimes it's like I'm struggling to get past him. Oh, yeah, he goes. He still rides pretty well. So, um, any rental car stories? Uh oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. well, let's hear a good I can't one. talk about it right you now. Can't, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> he's like, I'm still able to rent from Avis, so I don't yeah, want to bring it up. Not, hey, tell us later, nice. and then we'll post the transcript. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, man, we we kind of ask everybody um, what final question here. How do you want to be remembered in this sport? Um, just as someone different than anybody else that raced, you know, which I think I was, you know, came up a different way and had a different outlook on racing and kind of did it my own way. 
and I was, I mean, I don't know, kind of a badass in my own kind of way of, of racing. Yeah, so. I love it. I would agree with that. Yeah. Mm. Like I said, I, the f going from privateer, the way you were, I mean, full privateer, mm. to making it to the level you did, it just doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. Handful of guys that I can think of. Dowdy. Well, the, I, I even said it because I remember Outdoors mentioning on TV, you were having a solid motor, I think it was Hangtown or something. Mm. And I'm like, I saw him at the shop a couple of days ago buying parts for his bike, be you know, yeah. before coming to the race. I'm like, it really is gnarly what he's doing. Yeah. So. Dude, I, I've done like numerous top ends at the races, but like, you know, on Friday nights, you know, before the race, you know, I had to rebuild my own bike, you know, sitting out there till nine, 10 o'clock at night, just getting shit ready for, for the next day, you know? So I've, I've definitely had to go through a lot of fun times, but uh, I'd do it again. It's a hell of a career, man. Yeah, I can't complain. So yeah. it's, it's been good to me. I mean, I mean, even if I didn't get hurt, I think I would have raced for another three years, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, it was. I can't complain about it. It was good. And once I, you know, got through it and made it, it was. It was even better. And you know, just I had great experiences with with the people I was around. Yeah. yeah. So. Cool. Well, congrats on a hell of a career. Good luck in the future. Hopefully, we uh, see a, a ride day somewhere. Or yeah. Or get we'll invited to one. Or get invited to a yeah, yeah. come up and go trail I'm ride. That'd, that'd, that'd be cool. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna push for one in California this year. So we'll, we'll, you know what's we'll cool is is when the people at the dealerships. You know, obviously I, I I'm a little bit different because I've been a racer or whatever. Yeah. But I I I can tell, you know, at a dealership level, they're all not all, but most of the people that work there are really into moto. Mm -hmm. So when they get this opportunity, like I think it's cool that you keep doing that, and I would say keep doing it because one, it it helps obviously the brand and the sponsorship and that, but People will talk, those dealers will be talking about it at work for the next mm. several months, you know, just because for them it's a big, it's a big deal, you know. Oh, we yeah. got invited, we felt important, made us feel special, so. Yeah, and it's good because nobody else really does that in the industry as as a gear line or as, as any type Distributor, of distributors, yeah. you know, where, where I think Fly as a brand, like, we care more than just to take your money, you know, we want to make sure everybody's doing well and making sure the product's right, and it's it's more than just that, you know, where everybody else is just so cutthroat and yeah you know get it done come in buy my stuff and that's it we don't want to give back so as a brand you know we we try as hard as we can to give back to the people that take care of us that own dealerships so it's it, it goes more than just to that level so well hopefully we meet up and do some trail riding i sure yeah. appreciate you making Definitely. the time to come Thank in buddy you. thanks buddy awesome time. good to see you so, again see you guys that's weston pike stay tuned we'll be back to wrap up the show at nihilo concepts we have a passion for innovation and for motocross our mission is to develop parts that will improve the durability, functionality, and the appearance of your motorcycle. We're proud to say that everything from Nihilo is made in the USA in our state-of-the-art manufacturing facility in Stewart, Florida. Whether you race every weekend or you just ride for fun, Nihilo offers high-quality, innovative parts that you just won't find anywhere else. Nihilo offers custom engraved engine covers, one-piece titanium foot picks, brake tips, internal engine components, specialty tools, frame grip tape, carbon fiber components, and so much more. Check out our website, nihiloconcepts.com, and see for yourself why teams like Red Bull KTM, Rockstar Husqvarna, Troy Lee Designs, and some of the fastest riders in the world choose Nihilo Concepts. nihiloconcepts.com.
Let's do this right Go so out of moonlight It's still shining When I'ma let go, yeah When I'ma let go Everyone's using me But maybe that's something I like Yeah, I've been on something since last month But I'm feeling alright Maybe I'm blind to see Maybe I'm losing my mind Cause I've been on something since last month But I don't feel it's me against myself I'm starting to black out, yeah I'm staring at the stars I'm running from myself I'm running from myself I'm starting to black out, yeah I'm staring at the stars Welcome back to the Whiskey Throttle Show That was Weston Pike He's a tough bastard Yeah I Were you surprised at how big he was again? Like He's big, like freaking yoked right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I, I think because um, where he, I don't know if he gets some of his furniture or, or if it's a, a holding place, but it's behind where our oh, shop so is. you've seen him. So I, I see him uh, around every now and then, and we cross paths, but uh, I guess I, I do remember that he's a big guy, but <laughs> it was funny more to see his dad shrink down. Yeah. Like he just got like that cyclist body, just got really lean, and he was always just really yeah. big. So um, I'm glad he's doing well. I'm glad uh, he's um, seems like he's got other things going on, and uh, um, you know, maybe a, not that big hangover from that that injury. And I think mm -hmm. you know, for for any racer, that's a, a good thing to be able to move on from that. He's a guy in our sport that, for me, is his character is missed in the sport. It's like those kinds of guys are guys we need here. And tell me who we have like that right now. You know, and I, I'm not trying to crap on the sport because I love it, but a guy like him is really important in the sport. Yeah, you know what? You know what I think is, we yeah. always, I've always said, when you're a fan or you're on the outside, you like this guy, you don't like that guy. It doesn't matter who it is, and there's a reason why he fits your personality, whatever. But to me, you need characters. You need mm -hmm. the good guy. You need the bad guy. You need the dirty rider. You need the nice guy, the clean. You, you put all that together. That's what makes. Yeah. Makes a better show, better better series. So, I agree. I think, but the problem is, if you're someone like Weston Pike, I feel like in our sport you'll be kind of had that have that thumb on you, like, hey, you know, you need to chill out, don't be like that. You're a little aggressive, you know, calm down. You don't, you know what I mean? Like some sponsors, I think, are okay with it, but I think at times, like he even said after the little punching incident, hey, we all lose our cool. I get it. But like he said, it 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 was frowned upon. You know, like he he. Yeah, I think. And though, I get it. I get it. Had the AMA not docked him races, I don't or made think, a bigger deal. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they would have. I think they were just pissed that they lost their best guy for the next two rounds. You know. Yeah, they got all this personnel, all this money, the truck on the road. Now they don't yeah, have you a can't star blame rider for that. But at the same time, he looking at the incident. I don't care. I mean, even though I'm a fan of him, but he should the, not have been suspended from no, races. And, no. But even the build-up, that's what I'm saying. What I hate is, if you're the AMA, you, you, you've... And if you don't see that there's been tension and issues, then you're really you're blind. Dumb. You're really dumb. You should not be there. Every fan saw that coming. It had been building yeah. up. I mean, how often do you know... How often have you watched and gone... Oh, look at the th these two guys are getting together. We know they don't like each other. Like, this is going to get good. We get pumped for that stuff. So when you take it away, too, I think. Yeah. And, it's and a Weston, fine line. Weston is, wasn't a... He wasn't a... a how do I say this? But he wasn't like a punk. He wasn't like J-Law, you know, where he was getting in trouble and he's this 
asshole. He wasn't a dirty writer. Well, no, no, I wouldn't. Not dirty. No, aggressive. But, uh, very for physical. For sure. Physical. So, so yeah. what? He's aggressive. I'm okay with that. But, but he wasn't dirty. Where yeah. I feel yeah. like, yeah. I, agree with you know, I don't want to. I don't want to beat up Vince, but he's a dirty writer. He's done this to more than one person. Yeah. yeah. But when you say we need more guys like Weston, just that old school mentality, hard nose, no like, right, right. Yeah, I do I'll, agree. I respect yeah. that. We, you're right. We don't. Have, I was trying to think when you said that, like. Does Tomac fit that? I'm like, no, no, he dude, doesn't. No. It's, who? who? It probably Barsha. Barsha is probably and the only one. I know people one. that say they don't like him because of his his style or his technique. Yeah. There's people that like him. I like him. For it. I like that aggressiveness. It's like it shows that you want it. Yeah. Well, I, I heard Pike saying that he had uh, you know a couple of runners with Barsha over the years, and I and I, I I've never actually raced Barsha because of uh, timing, but you know. Obviously, doing motocross and the announcing that I've seen him battle and hit some people in that, and I, I always think with Barsha, I, I respect him, but I feel like if I was a racer, I'd probably hate him. Yeah. Like if I had a lineup with him, I'd probably like, that's the guy. But then I'd have to look in the mirror and go, he's kind of like me. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bit of a dick on the track, so um, you know. There again. Well, you need all personalities. Glad we got him on, especially before he moves to Idaho and. I don't blame him for getting out of here. And, um, you know, tough tough to have. I mean, obviously, I think he, at this point, looks back and sees the bigger picture that, hey, I'm, I'm alive. And that's, and you know, healthy. Um, if you're looking at him, I don't think you'd ever know he had all that happen. Mm. But it's got to be tough to lose vision in an eye. I mean, you got some vision impairment, but yeah. you're not, it, you can still it's see. damaged, it. yeah. But, yeah, if I close my good eye, it just makes everything a little... More distant and blurry. Um, I mean, he's looking through a pinhole in that one eye. That's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah. From some experience I've had with vision issues, it, it is you take it for granted. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if you couldn't see for for a day, I, I think it would change our whole perspective on life. But um, you know, so to me, I look at it going, "Hey, it sucks." Because at one point, I'm like, "Why me?" and "Poor me," and, and then you know, you go. I've had a great fucking career. Like, there's yeah. no reason to bitch and complain. This is the one thing that was a hiccup. Put your big boy pants on, move on, and do something. And I, and it seems like it. You never know with riders because I think sometimes guys always want to act like everything's great. But I think he's got his. Yeah, you know, he might have divorce and a couple things on the go. But at least it seems like he's got a business structure. He knows what he wants, what he's going, what he's well, doing. Th this is obvious, but there's no guarantees in life, right? I no. mean, and racing. Oh, there is. There's two. Yeah, we're, you know the two. Yeah, I know death the two. and taxes. Yeah, taxes are going up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks, but, Donnie. Yeah, I'm not doing it, dude. Uh, but there's no guarantee, and the fact that he is alive is pretty amazing. But for me, as a fan of his, I'm bummed that he's not on the line. Because I did like to watch him race. Yeah, and he it, he definitely had a few more good years in him. I, I think I do too. I mean, he, he was, was a late bloomer. Yeah, six when it happened. He's thirty. He's thirty right now. He just turned thirty. He's he's okay, so. a late bloomer. And I think he may have had his best years right now. But look at Dowd. I mean, Dowd was a late bloomer, and he went so much. He was good all the way until he stopped. I mean, he goes to Southwick still, and he yeah he'd be in tenth. Yeah. But the point is that because he started so late, you have to think that like you've always said, Ping, ten years. Well, he had that time still. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And and I think not being so intense from a kid, those guys won a race, and the longevity seems to, to to hold on. In fact, obviously we just had Mitch's show, but 
you know, we chat a little bit off air even. And, and I remember Mitch said he's changed his mentality because his thing was, you know, don't find the kid that's winning at Loretta's in the A class because everyone's got their eye on him. He was going like, who's the, oh, Adam Cincerello, eight-year-old kid that's waxing everyone, you know. And like he said, there's definitely some negative side to that because there's talented kids, but when, when there's all this focus and pressure and all this, he goes, a lot of them, it's like there's no in between. They either really make it or they completely kind of hmm. go by the wayside. And he's even said, I would almost like to see kids, you know, mature a little later. He said, you know, once the kids are, when they turn pro at 16, he goes, the superstars, it's, it's, it's a fine line between making it and completely just crumbling because there's all this pressure, you know, expectations, family, you know what I mean? Well, money and bad decisions. Well, think about this too. There's so much to be said that if you made a rider wait till 18 to turn pro, there'd probably be less injuries. There would be more longevity. There would be more time to grow up. There'd be a lot of other factors for people to actually focus on, ooh, ooh, on racing. Ooh. Can I answer the question? Go. So, funny you mentioned that. I, th I, I, I look at other sports at times as someone that's an outsider, a fan. I use football analogy sometimes just because I moved to America, got into football to understand it, and now I kind of enjoy it because I think it's like aggressive chess. You know, everyone's trying to out-strategize, but they just smash each other. <laughs> You're off the board. <laughs> I removed you. But, um, you know, look at football this year. So many injuries. No preseason. No, you know, warm-ups and camps and all this. So you take that out and, like, throw everyone into the game. Everyone's all jazzed and hugged and smashing each other. And I mean, so many injuries. This year they've had more injuries in football by a long shot than ever. So... I heard it was racism that did it. <laughs> no? No. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't know. I, maybe that's what I heard. No? <laughs> Who knows? But, you know, when there's, things get changed up, yeah, I think things happen. You know? well, didn't I, I, I thought I heard something where they were going to raise the age to 18. I Is think, that in I just think amateur? They, I think they tried to do that. No, I think it was meant to be for pro. But I think there was a tug of war between some teams and because uh, then again how can you say well he's not ready yeah you know like no, okay you're, okay you're, no you're right jet but, jet lawrence but it would but there's other he wouldn't be too. racing if it was 18 no, so I then you go and you go okay i um when i won my world title i was 17 most of the yeah, year they let you turn pro in 15 over there right yeah Mm. but the thing is like do would we have more kids graduating from high school would they be you know that's where I think... Probably not. They'd I still was going to say, out. they're probably not. Because, no, I, because I, even at 18, they're still going to be homeschooled through high school. Yeah. Because we're going pro. It's just that this is a rare sport where guys are turning professional at 16. And even it does happen in, in football and baseball and basketball, but it's rare. It's usually after high school and after college, where now our professionals are turning it at 16. And are they emotionally and physically really ready for it? I think the answer to that is pretty much no. No. They're uh, emotional, and they think they're ready. <laughs> I mean, they're but amazing talents. There's a lot of people that are amazing yeah. talents, but... But the problem is, to me, the only other you're, one, you're one injury, one bad thing happening that a 16-year-old maybe can't... Let's say you go on the podium, something happens, you say something off, straight off the... You know, from the heart, without using a filter, and you say something, and all of a sudden... That, that happens like, to you a lot, GL. 
True. <laughs> but <laughs> at least, oh, I didn't do it on the podium, but yeah. if you did, as a 16-year-old kid, can you handle going, oh, jeez, I didn't realize, like, I'd create such a shitstorm by saying, yeah, I can't stand that guy, I hope he dies, or something, you right, know, right, stupid right. or whatever, yeah. you know, irrelevant. Well... I don't know if we're going to solve all the world's problems tonight, guys. We're getting close. Are we? Okay. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, uh, good show. It was good times. Guys, thank you. Yeah. And uh, Enjoy wanted, Christmas, everyone. And Yeah, Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Um, enjoy it. We'll be back in 2021, mid-January. Take a little break here to reset for the new year. And uh, Gio, why don't you take us out with your smooth vocal stylings? Uh, I, I wouldn't go that far, but thank you. Thank you to you guys for always being loyal supporters and thank you for um, helping make the show successful. And uh, as I step back, it's bittersweet, but I have enjoyed the guests we've had, uh, working with Ping, working with Donnie, um, many years of friendships that have just led to a, a business dealing, which I think was something cool that we had a vision on. And unfortunately, things are going to change a little bit, but uh, I'm sure you'll see me on here Um some of you will be happy, some of you won't, but I'll be back and we'll do some uh, some cool events in 21. Hopefully we'll get a crowd back and get some great guests. I know someone that we all want on our on our radars, you know, someone like McGrath, you know. I think we'll we'll yeah. we'll get MC on. Yeah, He's, we we want to save him for a live show and exactly. uh, I actually talked with Ryan Milopoto the other day and and about RV's on. a good live show guy too. And he said, "I want to wait for the live show." And I'm like, "All right." Well. Yeah. He's really come out of his shell since being retired, so <laughs> yes, I think he'd yes. be perfect for that. Um, so, th anyway, um, thank you to everyone. Thank you, thank you, Ping. I know you'll continue to do a fantastic job. You always have. And thank you to these sponsors, Yamaha, uh, doing great things in our power sport industry and continuously um, been dominant in the 250 class. They're dominant in many series. Um, if you watch MotoGP, whether you watch uh, flat track, off-road, Yamaha, you'll see them pop up everywhere. And they're getting really good in the side-by-side -side industry. A lot of people love that YXZ. So check out your local Yamaha dealer. Maybe Langston, I don't know what to say. Maybe Langston Motors. Maybe, you know, shameless plug. But check out your dealer, seriously. Go, a lot of times, I always just say, go look at their website because they give you so much information about the product and how it's made, why it's made, why they did this. And a lot of times people go, oh, you know, spend a little bit of time, you learn a lot. So check them out. Uh, PowerDot, we've always been a fan. They came on early and they've always, um, they've proved to us the difference it makes. I mean, we've used the product and it's made differences. So get a PowerDot. I'm telling you, it'd be the best investment. It's Christmas around the corner, 20% off using the code Whiskey Throttle. These things are awesome. I promise you, it'll pay for itself in the long run. Mark my words. Method Race Wheels, love their products, man. We use it on all our vehicles. Donnie, I know you just ordered some new wheels for your side-by-side. -side, and um, I just got some for my truck. I'm getting some for my boy. I mean, they just this stuff is amazing. They're amazing. And I'm only ordering because I happened to flip that thing, you know, quite a few times. Oh, you did? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Did you screw the wheels up? Oh, yeah. The stalkers? No, no. The, no, you, broke, you know, you no. Well, the one I race, yeah, I broke a yeah. bunch of stuff. I'm, I'm about over it. You ran out of talent? Uh, that, that, and I'm running out of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are expensive when you go. Yeah, I was going to say. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Method Wheels, thanks for hooking up Donnie and the rest of us and uh, making race trucks great. Uh, Troy Lee Designs, their new stuff's out. They've got a wide range. Um, go look at their website. Go look at your local dealer. 
from mild to wild, they got everything. SKDA, these guys just crush it with graphics. Every time we've ever done any projects or built bikes, done anything, and they've uh, sticked it up, it just looks amazing. They are on another level. They're crushing it. Use them. I probably would have been a little skeptical as a consumer getting graphics from Australia, but I promise you, it is unbelievable how professional they are and they work very closely actually with DHL who just keep you informed the whole time so pretty cool actually it's making the world a smaller place so SKDA check them out I'm telling you you'll find something that you love for your bike don't care what color what style what model they've got something for you that you'll be pumped on Dunlop there's not much to say except <laughs> they are the best it's simple um, everyone that comes into our store asks for Dunlop specifically because that's what they want to put on their dirt bikes. So they make for a wide range, but Dunlop really own the off-road market. Stick with the company that's always stuck with our sport. Pro Circuit, well, we all love Mitch. We've had Mitch on. He builds some good stuff. We love his passion, and Pro Circuit just build phenomenal stuff. And they have such a wide range. I think a lot of people always think of exhaust, but go look at their website, go look at their Instagram. Great deals, and always same thing. They're always developing and coming out with new products. Uh, Nihilo, same thing. These guys are really just finding the niche on these cool, niche products for your bike, whether it's a blingy item or just something that's better, safer, or just an option. So check them out, and you can also get a free gift using code Whiskey Throttle at checkout. Seat Concepts, man, don't be a dick to your ass. Put your butt in something nice. I'm telling you, it makes a big difference on long rides. And then if you have a bad back like me, a comfy seat really, really helps. So. It is noticeably more comfortable. It, it's it's night and day. It's a no-brainer. Like I was almost thinking of selling my dual sport bike, but I'm going to take the seat off because I'm going to put on the next one I get. I'm not letting that thing go because they're backed up at the moment. Mm. They're a little bit behind, but that's because they make the best product and they're sold out. So be Four patient. Year behind. They're behind making the best seat for your behind. Yes. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Specialized. Well, you heard from Weston. Apparently e-bikes are arriving and mountain bikes... Uh, road bikes, whatever, whatever bike you want. Um, Specialized really is the best. It's, um, I feel like they're the combination of like the Toyota and Mercedes of, of uh, mountain bike, or, you know, bicycles because they got, they last forever, and they're just cutting edge technology. So best performance. Yeah, man. they really are. I just love the brand through and through, and don't take my word for it. I dare you to go and look on social media at all the riders that you watch and look up to. Look what they ride and train on. Hmm. It's probably eight out of ten on a specialized because winners ride winning machinery. OGO, once again, just the best in what they do. Gear bags, backpacks, hydration packs, boot bags, goggle bags, helmet bag. They have everything. OGO Power Sports, you got to check them out. Um, protect your investment. You get a nice helmet. Don't put it in, you know, those bags they come with that have the string. You drop that, <laughs> it's going to be... Chip flakes everywhere in there. Put in a good helmet bag. Trust me. You can toss that. Take an OGO helmet bag and throw it across the room. Your helmet will look great. But don't take my word for it. Don't do it. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for your chip. But OGO, seriously, all the best. They've, they've always um, supported the sport from day one. Mm. I remember when I moved here, we all got these cool bags that backpacks, you know, Red Bull, KTM. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, man. Our luggage is even personalized. It's cool. They do a lot of cool stuff, and they've always stuck with the sport and supported it. Paleo Ranch Foods, I know Ping talked about it in one of the recent shows. They've got a lot of cool stuff, great snacks and stuff. Stuff that you guys would take to the track, so check them out. Help Pad, Donnie, and Ping's 
wallet if you don't mind. And then Langston Motorsports, pad my wallet if you don't mind. Definitely do. Langston Motorsports has uh, pretty much everything on this list. Um, great service. Not a lot of bikes at the moment, but what do you got? We, what do you got to sell? <laughs> we don't do Honda and Husky. We're working on gas gas at the moment. But uh, at the moment, i got to give uh, KTM some credit. Their delivery has been pretty good through this pandemic. Yamaha have had some issues with their trucking companies, but... They have product. It's just sometimes it's been moving around, but yeah. it's coming in just a little bit delayed. So we're getting Yamahas all the time. GL just supplied me with the bike. Yeah, Donnie got a three fifty. Yeah, a three three fifty. Yep. Have so. you ridden it yet? Oh yeah, like four times. You like it? Oh yeah. Like After you bunch. So do you have any on the floor right now? Somebody's looking for a bike. What do you have? We just got an, uh, a 250, 450 Yamaha, the Monster Edition. Those things are beautiful. Ah. Person. I promise you, I'm not just saying this. The, the pictures don't do it justice. Yeah, it's it one of those, when it you look at it in good. person, it looks better. I even was like, man, pictures don't do it justice. So we do it. We just got some Yamahas. Uh, we, just, we sold out of Cowies. Uh, we sold out of RMZs. And we have a few KTMs at the moment. But yeah, it's, it's I mean, to me, it's great news for our industry. Yeah. Because the people watching us, the sponsors involved, the future's bright for everyone, so yeah. I think that's really cool. Any TTRs or like trail bike stuff, or is that TTRs, KLXs? That's gone. <laughs> you are. Yeah, that's yeah. like gold. They're like gold yeah. bars. I mean, I never would have thought I would say that. You know, little kitty bikes are like literally gold. Yeah. Well, it's good though, because they're going to move up and get in other things, and we've seen a whole new wave of people coming through. So, 2020 has been weird, and it's been unpredictable. But overall, I think for our industry in the long haul, I think I think it's actually been a step forward, as, yeah. as crazy as it sounds. I think so the selling of all those little kids' bikes, the entry-level bikes, fingers crossed, those those folks turn into for sure fans we, and we, riders. We've, we've already seen that. I mean, I'm sure some you'll lose some of those when things go back to normal or you know whatever you want to call normal. Um, but I think so many people got introduced that hadn't ever. Mm. A lot of the surveys showed from the manufacturers that 2020 they had. F- more first-time buyers than I think any other year in history ever. Wow, that's good. So, hey, there's something to, to look forward to. Yeah, I love We've got it. vaccines coming out, so maybe we'll get back to normal here in 21. We can all hope. Uh, well, hey, thank you guys so much for all the support, and um, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. We'll see you in 2021.